0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge.
1: Good morning. This is How Radio with Lou Manfredini. Obviously, I am not Lou Manfredini. My name is Eric Rung. I am filling in for Lou, who is uh, out in New York watching his son get married uh, today, so big congratulations to the Manfredini family. Very exciting uh, for the whole family, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, I I have a couple of experts in the uh, studio here with me, so don't worry, Uh, we'll make sure that uh, we get people the right answers for uh, any questions they have. Want to give out the numbers 312-981-7200. We're broadcasting live from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio, and this hour is sponsored by Toro. Now, as I said, we have a couple of experts here with me uh, that I want to introduce. First, we have Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprise out in Hinsdale area there, and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry, both certified remodelers. Both can take good questions and have the right answers for you. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Good I'm to be doing here. Well, <laughs> uh, well it's, it's good to have you back both friends of the show as as I know and uh, as uh, listeners know as well. One thing that uh, I, we were kind of talking about before off the air, Mike, I'm not sure if you were here yet, but we 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 high above uh Wacker Drive here uh in the studio, we have two studios. We have one that overlooks the lake and then we have the other one on the other side of the building here and of course they put us in the one that doesn't get to see this beautiful sunrise here this morning it's a gorgeous gorgeous day here in chicago and uh you know it's it's just nice to be here nice to to be with you folks and again we want to make sure that we uh, get all of your questions answered. so here's that number again 312-981-7200 and Keeping an eye on the headlines is my good friend Dave Schwann in the newsroom. Dave, how you doing? Good morning, Eric. Good to have you here. I know. It's been such a long time, as we were talking about, uh, in the hallway as I was heading into the studio here. Uh, I used to do a lot of work over here at 720 WGN, uh, however... Most of my uh, work is over on the TV side, but got to to know Dave very well here um, over the last uh, several years now. But it's been a while; it's been so long, in fact, my badge didn't work this morning. We had to let
0: you in, and uh, but it's a pleasure to have you here. And how unusual is it to have Lou out? You know,
1: I know. That's why I was so surprised and, when know, I got the email asking if I wanted to fill in. You're in You're in for Lou. I'm in for Don Kleppen. Jordan Bernfield is in for Andy Mazur. So, uh... <laughs> we'll put it we'll put it this way the a substitute team i like that yeah. maybe the a minus team. a minus team <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll be here throughout the morning with you eric
1: all right thanks uh appreciate that dave so gentlemen um hopefully we're going to get some uh phone calls coming in here real soon once again that number 312-981-7200 Um, We want to uh, tell you about Lou's first call, sponsored by bathfitters.com forward slash Lou. If you uh, want to be that first caller, go ahead and and ring in. And Jim, Mike, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, just to reintroduce yourselves to people. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So uh, yeah, Jim Sullivan, I own Tate Enterprises. We're a small remodeling firm in the western suburbs out in Hinsdale. We mostly do kitchens, bathrooms, basements, all that kind of stuff. I've been... Filling in for Lou, uh, not quite as long as Mike. Long time ago. Um, yeah, but, but, but uh, yeah, I know this studio well, so this is usually the studio I'm in. So I'm, I, I look forward maybe to someday seeing a beautiful s- sunrise because we've only been here. During a break, you should walk over there because it's yeah.
3: absolutely gorgeous coming yeah. up over Navy Pier. I saw the sunrise all the way coming in as I'm driving down the tollway right yeah. in my eyes, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, I'm Mike Holmes. I'm with Creative Carpentry. Uh, as he said, we're both certified remodelers. Uh, been in business 35 years, been doing fill-in for Lou for almost 20, I think now. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we pretty much can handle it. We know what we're doing. So call us and yeah. let's see what we can do. All yeah.
1: right. Well, we already do have a, a few phone calls here. Uh, let's, uh, take, uh, Sharon. Sharon, uh, welcome to, uh, House Smarts Radio. What's your question?
4: Thank you. First of all, I have a comment. Um, As my kids now are buying their first homes, um, of course they've had repair issues and been listening to the show for years. And I've always said, "Well, Lou said," and they would roll their eyes. (laughs) So um, my daughter bought a a bungalow in the north side of Chicago in the Mayfair area. They knew it needed a new roof, and she called for different estimates and just didn't get satisfaction people didn't even talk to her they didn't come to the door and finally I told her well Lou said uh, call Lindholm and I have to say it was the most pleasant um, situation they spoke to her they listened to her and the project just went off without a hitch that's
2: always good thank you that's great I'm
3: finding that more and more as you're starting to see people that listen or find people that listen, because for a long time, contractors always were like, I know what I'm doing, you don't, and that's the wrong attitude. So it's good to hear right. that.
4: Yeah, they gave her great suggestions, and she had even commented that they have a difficult neighbor who had already said, if there's nails on my property, you're going to hear about it. And they said, oh, we get this all the time, and they were so careful with the neighbor's property. Nice. So,
3: Very good to hear. Nice. yes
4: uh, Another question, so my youngest son just bought a 110-year-old house, um, fortunately, it's been rehabbed quite a bit, but now they're, uh, they closed in December, and now they're walking outside and looking at it and thinking about ways to enhance it, and he really feels that they'd like to do the downspouts and gutters black, and he has a spray gun, and he's pretty handy. He wants to know if he could spray gutters, and he called me, which I'm flattered that he thinks I know this, <laughs> but I said... I'll call call Lou's show and see what they have to say.
2: You definitely can paint. uh, As long as they're aluminum, uh, you definitely can paint uh, gutters and downspouts. The only thing I would strongly recommend is... um, Make sure to keep your car in the garage uh, because when you spray, there's a lot of overspray and it will end up, you know, on your vehicles and everything else. So you have to take some precautions. Try not to do it on a windy day. and um, But, yeah, as long as, as long as you power wash them first, get them nice and clean, uh, you can definitely uh, yeah, spray.
3: There's prep work involved because especially if it's an older gutter, it might be a little chalky. Uh, where like if okay. you wipe your finger on it, it'll come on. You, know, you get like the color onto your fingers. So he's got to prep it well. But yeah, if he can uh, mask off and and spray, I think that's probably the better way to do it mm-hmm. rather than with a brush and roller. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can paint cutters, no doubt. Okay, all right, Sharon. Hey, thank, uh, hang tight. Thank you, you are
1: the uh, the first caller uh, of the day here, and of course, Lou's first call. It's always sponsored, and it's sponsored by bathfitters.com forward slash Lou. Hang on, and uh, Jack, uh, will get all of your information
3: here. So stay stay with us. Thanks so much for your call, Sharon. It, Sharon needs to thank remember you. that she talked to Mike and Jim now. It's not yes, talk to Lou. I will. She, she talked <laughs> to Mike oh, and there Jim you go. <laughs> today. So make sure you remember that, Sharon. I will. Thank all
4: right. you. Have a good
1: day. All right, th- Sharon, thanks so much. All right, next up we got Pete. Uh, has a question about uh, solar roof
0: panels. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, With everybody going green and you're seeing more and more rooftop
5: solar panels, so my thought was, okay, depending on your age of your roof, you're going to eventually need a new roof underneath. So does somebody have to come take those solar panels off and put them back on?
3: Yes, they do. (laughs) Um, unless now there i saw some new products coming out they have some what appear to look like three tab shingle that are actually solar panels they're they're shaped like a shingle did you see those yeah and uh so from a distance they look more like a almost like a shake roof in a sense rather than the big black panels on the roof but if you've got the big black panels you need a new roof yes those have to come down put a new roof on and then reinstall
5: and the roofer company is not doing that. you got
3: to go back. Uh, to the I doors. don't think any roofer is going to attempt to handle the solar panels. That's not their element that they're comfortable with.
0: Wow. So. Okay, thank you.
3: All right. All right, Pete, thanks so much uh, for the phone
1: call. Of course, uh, sponsored by com. the 6 o'clock hour here. Already got a couple of good phone calls in. Are they still doing a lot of the, the rebates and uh, stuff for the solar panels?
2: Um, I, I don't keep up with solar all that much in terms of rebates and that kind of stuff. Um, I get a lot of ads through, you know, Instagram and stuff like that for solar panels, but I'm not 100% sure if there's a rebate program for solar panels right now.
3: The only thing I could say is through the government, there might be if you get to a certain dollar and savings ratio. I think that's how they determine, uh, your, if you get a rebate or not. So you'd have to call around, I think. Yeah. Do they
1: uh, – a lot of the new builds uh, that are going up now, are they uh, starting to kind of, I don't know, standardize that? Or is it you really have to go looking for it in order to, to really get it on new build
2: i don 't see it a lot in new construction i don 't build new homes but uh, but there 's a lot of new construction around me i don 't see a lot of solar going in. I do see a lot of you know super high r values in insulation uh, high definitely efficiency high products. efficiency uh, furnaces high efficiency air conditioning um, high efficiency water heating. Um, all that kind of stuff, but I, I don't see a lot of, I just don't see a lot of solar. Do you see solar out uh, by you?
3: No, I mean, my neighborhood has a lot of solar panels on the roof, but, you know, you get a company, they come in, they promise yep. you everything, and so everybody does it. But, um, I don't see it in new construction, like you said. It's, it's more mm. on the, the construction end of it, on, on when they're building the building, as opposed to the panels, which you could put on the top, and they're a separate deal, so. All right. Well, of course, we've got a lot more show to get
1: to here. 312-981-7200 is the number. You can call or text your questions in. We have two certified uh, remodelers here. I watch it. you didn't want you to go the wrong way with that certified <laughs> thing. Uh, so we got we got you covered. Uh, any questions you have right now, it is time to take a break. We're broadcasting from the Seal Foundation Repair Studio right here in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, Illinois. And welcome back to House Smarts Radio with Lou Manfredini. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou, who is out in New York uh, watching his son get married here later today. Uh, With me, we have uh, some certified remodelers. Got it right. (laughs) Uh, Jim Sullivan, Mike Holmes. Jim is with Tate Enterprise. Mike is with Creative Carpentry. They are here to take your questions That number 312-981-7200. You can call or text uh those questions in uh to our uh studio here a beautiful day here in Chicago um we it looks like we got a phone call coming in uh right now this is uh Dave uh Dave welcome to how Smarts Radio. Uh, we're going to take that call in one moment. As I see uh, the producer of the booth giving me the hold on for a second. <laughs> the international hold on for a second, which is you, you just stick your index finger up. And, yep. uh, and as we wait uh,
2: it here, that, uh, I was just going to say, it
3: seems like not too long ago, didn't Lou just was taking his kid to college or something?
2: Feels like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean
3: that seemed like it was just shortly before the pandemic. Yeah, and then now he's getting married. So, next thing we know, he'll have a grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll get to fill in again.
1: I guess it depends on how this show goes, right? <laughs> okay, now we have Dave. Dave, uh, welcome to Housemarts Radio. What's your question?
0: I have a, a Chamberlain garage door opener, maybe five years old, that intermittently won't close. It stops as though there's something blocking the, the uh, sensors at the bottom. However, I would say that Seven out of ten times, it does close. But but it doesn't, we have to get out. We go into the garage, and if we hold the button down on the wall, it closes every time. Yeah. Never a problem.
2: Like you're, like you're over. I had a guy, I did look yeah. at it, yeah. he, he couldn't find anything wrong with it. So,
3: the, what do you think? Usually, it's one of two things that I'm aware of. One, the, those photo cells that are uh, the safety for the door closing, um, yes. if that... If that beam is kind of just on the the perimeter of lining up like it's not totally on just a little movement may be enough you know if the door starts to shake or something it might reactivate and go up or may not uh make that connection to let the the door operate um the other uh issue could be if there's um if there's too much movement when when you push a button does it Door start to go and then stop, or does it do nothing? Yes,
0: it stops. Yeah, uh, almost stops. Uh, stops almost. It starts and then it starts flashing. Yeah, I'm going to say
3: either those photo but, sensors or uh, the the rail itself. If it has a lot of movement in it, it might uh, activate the sensor to stop the door.
0: Yeah, well, the, but the, the, the hard for me to understand when you. I believe you, but whenever we go into we hold the button down on the wall. That we yeah. have the, you know, the button. Because so that overrides it's never it. A problem, never a problem. Yeah.
2: yeah, that overrides it, like Mike said. So if Chamberlain That'll is over- listening or, or any other garage door uh, manufacturer, it would be super helpful if you put a laser on that little uh on those photo <laughs> sensors <laughs> because i i don't understand how yeah. the average person even even a guy who yeah. you know works in homes is supposed to exactly line that up when it's a foot off the ground and so on and so forth i yeah. mean i don't know what the tolerance is but uh, uh, to me a little a little laser shining to the other side would be extremely helpful um the other thing i would add to what mike said too. Um, If you had the garage door opener replaced and they kept the existing wires that are running to those, sometimes you'll have a bad connection also with those. And, again, you wouldn't know that unless you took the wire nut off, reset it, and put it back on. But sometimes that can be the problem also.
1: Well, thank you. Dave, thanks so much for the call. I, I don't know about you All guys, right. those sensors though. My garage, uh, I I sometimes forget the garage door opener, and so I'll have to hit the button and then go running. Yeah, jump the and wire. then jump over, yeah. <laughs> and it's my kids think it's absolutely hysterical. They you turn, do the, the the dive, tuck, and roll out of it. I don't, I don't do the do, tuck okay. and roll. I just, I just do a leap more or less. <laughs> All right, time to get to, some news. Uh, Dave Schwann is in the newsroom. It is six thirty six. This is 720 WGN Radio. This is House Smarts Radio. Usually with Lou Manfredini, but my name is Eric Rung. I'm filling in for Lou while he is out. Uh, his son getting married this weekend. So big congratulations once again to uh the Manfredini family. And with me is Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises, Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry. Uh here to answer your questions. The number is 312-981-7200. You can call or text your questions in. Uh I see we got Dave Holding and his son Bought an older home has a question about water pressure. Welcome to the show, Dave.
6: Hi there. Good morning to you guys. Uh, my son just bought an older home in the Lincoln Square area, and he's having problems with water pressure. He has a bathroom on the second floor and the first floor, and I noticed some of the piping in the basement. It goes from one side, one size to another size. Is there anyone you would recommend to come and look at it, or any suggestions?
2: Well, it's not uncommon for the piping to change size on, on the water supply side. So it's kind of like when you're putting, uh, uh, air conditioning in, right? The, 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 uh, the wider, the, the pipe and then a branch comes off and then the pipe gets narrower and that all helps with sort of flow. Um, so I'm not sure that the, the, the different size piping is the issue. Um, could be several things. I mean, for me, what I would probably start with is I would check to make sure that the, the house shutoff on the water meter is open all the way and that, you know, that that's working properly, especially in an old home. Sometimes those old, what they call gate valves, don't quite open all the way. So that could be one issue. Um, of course, the other issue could be that you know there's debris in the lines, or debris in the aerators, or 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 you know something along those lines. So I would probably start by cleaning all those out as well, and then kind of see where it goes. <laughs> I would also check to make sure, uh, like if is there a like a utility sink in the basement or in, or anywhere? Or is it just the bathrooms? Like, is there a place you can check the water pressure where it's not restricted anywhere?
6: Yes, there, there is a utility sink in the basement. I I will have to look at that.
2: Yeah, I would check the flow on that because if you've got great flow and great pressure on that, that's that's unrestricted. So there's no aerator. The government doesn't regulate those by the, the amount of flow. And it's typically closest to the street. Yep, and it's typically closest to the street. So I would check the, the, the water pressure on that. And if that is good, then it's probably something else somewhere through the house.
3: Is the pressure just in one area, or
2: is it the whole house? Um, It could be
3: stronger
6: throughout the whole house.
3: Okay. Um, Like what Jim was saying is absolutely right. The only thing I would say is on all of the faucets that have aerators, take them off. Turn your valve, the main valve to the house, turn it off and on and open and close it a few times just to work it free because they usually get a lot of mineral deposits around them. Then, one, then open it up all the way and uh, start opening up those faucets and let them spray because you're going to probably throw out a lot of mineral deposits. You might clear out some of those lines a little bit when you open and close that line. The pressure kind of goes on and off, and sometimes it'll it'll clear out some of the debris. Um, but do all of those first before you do like a shower or or something because those are a little harder to clear out. Uh, if you do get mineral deposits in. So start with the ones with the easy remove aerators. Okay, Okay,
6: thank you for your help. I appreciate it. Hey,
3: Mike, thanks so much for the call.
1: You know, it kind of reminds me of that Seinfeld episode uh, where Kramer was having a problem with water pressure in their building, and he went and got a showerhead that they used to clean elephants. Would that
3: help in this situation? Uh, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it probably would let those mineral deposits through better. So, <laughs> and of course, then you get sandblasted in the right, shower from right. everything coming
2: out. Right. they, um, uh, they. I mean, the government regulates all the water flow on all water fixtures, toilets, faucet, uh, faucets, uh, both in the kitchen as well heads. as shower heads, all that stuff. So... Water pressure is regulated by your town, um, so it, it's all based on you know what pressure can they run at without it bursting the um, the main water lines that come to your house. So if you start to see a lot of uh, um, water main breaks outside that usually is an indication that the village is going to lower the pressure a little bit because it's blowing water lines. Uh, And again, a lot of it depends on the the village, how new their piping system is, and all that kind of stuff. So you don't have a lot of uh, water pressure issues in most towns. Usually it's something that's happening within the house because everybody's pressure is about the same.
3: If it's an older home and they have the cast iron pipes... Um, The house I had prior to this was from 1920, and I took some of those pipes apart, and and you could barely get a pencil through where you should be able to get your thumb through it. And it's just years and years of mineral deposits building up, and sometimes you just got to pull all that piping out and put in new. Yep, for sure.
1: Let's take a couple of texts here. This is uh, from 847. Part of a townhome HOA, we have a cluster of homes with seven adjacent units. We have several of these clusters in our HOA. We are getting the roof replaced, and the roofer says with the ridge vents that they are putting in, we no longer need attic fans. What is
3: your recommendation? Well, it depends. Uh, It's probably the best ventilating system for attics. Yep. Provided they do everything else that they're supposed to do.
2: Um, if and they're you also a, have to have soffit vents. Yes. Uh, if I, you've got a
3: ridge vent, that's going to be a vent that opens up the very peak of the roof all the way. And then they have to make sure that there's soffit vents underneath and that they put in the baffles, which hold the insulation down. There's a lot of things that need to be involved. But if you do that... There's that natural, uh, you know, hot air rises. It comes, uh, in, your attic heats up and hot air rises. It goes out that very peak of your roof, and as it does that, it's sucking cool air in through the, the eaves. So if they have it set up right, no, you, technically you don't need any kind of ventilation fan if it's done correctly. All
1: right, 708 asks, uh, after 28 years, where do I start with updating a condo? Does one room make more of a mess than another? Is it better to do bathrooms before a kitchen? You guys wouldn't
2: make a mess of any of them anyway, right? I mean, it, again, uh, it's hard to say uh, that there's any sort of dust-free remodeling as far as Inconvenience goes, uh, bathrooms are, from my perspective, fairly inconvenient, or excuse me, not very inconvenient for the homeowner because most people have more than one bathroom. So you can kind of, you know, all make use of one space where a kitchen, on the other hand, is very inconvenient because obviously you lose your oven and your sink and your dishwasher and all that kind of stuff. Um, ideally, uh, you would do both at the same time if you could because it, it, each one has a has a mess, and it does, you know, sort of work its way through the house. Um, but I would say a bathroom is less mess than a full kitchen renovation.
3: I guess what I would say is depends on your master plan, because if you're doing a lot of extensive work, um, you know, you probably would start at at the uh, main source of of plumbing and heating. And, and all of that because you may want to upgrade as you move into the house. So uh, if you're going to change your your water pipes, wherever they start coming into the house, that's where you start. It might hit your kitchen first, then your bathroom, so that would be the order so you can keep upgrading the, the plumbing as you go into the house. But if you're doing more of just renovation, not major stuff, then I usually start at the farthest end of the home. So as you're making your messes, you're walking through areas that you're going to remodel as you Proceed back out. It's like there's a fire in the house. You you start putting the fire out at the back and and move your way to the exit. <laughs> so that it depends on how you're going to organize your project. Do you like it?
1: I guess more if the homeowners aren't there, or if they're like, we're going to go on a week vacation. And is it better for you guys you to know, have them out of the way?
3: I have quite a few clients that say, okay, we're going to be out of town this time. Can we do the work then? And that's best for me because we don't have to worry about the bathrooms being operational or the kitchen being operational uh coming and going we can go any time we want um we don't have to put all the tools away and make the site safe for children or anything you know, so yeah, it's much better that way. But you have to trust your contractor too. And besides, they we bring in their mail and water their plants and anything else they need. <laughs> Take so, their dogs; right, right, they're right, happy right, about right, that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, it is six forty-five. You're listening to seven twenty WGN. This is How Smart's Radio. Time now for a quick break. Time now is six forty-nine. Right here on seven twenty WGN. This is How Smart's Radio broadcasting live from the Perma foundation repair studio with me jim sullivan mike holmes both uh, certified remodelers uh thanks for being here with us guys um you know one thing that especially as we start getting into summer here uh, a lot of people like to do those outdoor projects um what are some of the things that uh, that people need to, to start thinking about before they they start on these projects
2: well, for me, I, I I, mean, this time of year is like our busiest season, right? And um, so in addition to, you know, normal stuff that we're doing, kitchens, bathrooms, that kind of stuff, we, I mean, this time of year, we're also doing a lot of maintenance and cleanup and all that kind of stuff. So power washing, deck staining, window washing, uh, uh, painting exteriors, like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is kind of, you know, what what is happening right now, especially this year because typically you could do a lot of this stuff over the last month, right? Like before summer actually starts hitting. But we've had such a wet spring this year that scheduling anything outside was almost impossible. Um I mean you couldn't get a good string of rain free weather this spring yeah. for more than two days, right? Uh well just so, trying to get product too. Right, right, product as well or and labor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so like right now, like I said, it's a lot of, it's a lot of maintenance that maybe would have been done earlier in the spring, um, that's actually taking place right now just because, uh, we've been so wet. Yeah. Um, you were talking about that, the wet. I have a
3: client, I won't say his name, uh, but, uh, he, uh, had an issue with some water coming between it, the, his home and the, another and it kind of went down to his backyard and they had a lot of moisture. And they had their mulch all piled up against the house. It's a cedar house. And, uh, because of that and all the moisture, that cedar siding that was buried under the mulch, you could push your hand right through it. Um, you can't do that, people. Keep, keep the mulch against the concrete, but not against siding. Uh, that constant moisture, it's gonna rot it out, and then as soon as it rots out that siding, it's rotting out your two by fours and everything else in the house and causing a lot of damage. So I, I do like to stress to people, make sure you keep it away. Same with your pavers. People are always want to put the pavers up to the, the back door of the house and they bury that wood kickboard underneath. And ants love that, you know, because you got the that sand, uh, limestone mix in there, and it's always moist, and the wood is their food, and they'll be eaten right into your house. So be uh, yeah, careful of that. We, um, we just had
1: a, a new deck put on one of our balconies, um, and they told us, you know, wait till the green comes out before you, you know, paint it, stain yeah. it, whatever. Okay. Um, so. I was planning on doing it this spring, but again, you need well, at least a, like four or five dry days, right? Mm-hmm. And we just didn't really have it. So now that we're starting to get a little bit better weather, like we are having today, um, yeah, you know, how 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 many days do I really need before I you know go ahead and and put some paint on there?
3: I think they're typically saying seventy two hours of of dry and hot, better, you know, because that's going to pull all the moisture out of it. Um, when you first get pressure treated lumber, it's pretty wet. I mean, I've seen where you, you go to cut it and moisture's coming out of it. It's so wet. And that, you know, it's, if you try to seal that or paint that, um, all that moisture starts coming out of the wood. It just lifts whatever product you're putting on top of it. So you gotta let it dry. But I, I think I've heard 72 hours of, of hot and dry.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that's probably about right, and again, and a lot of it depends on how humid it is outside, right? I mean, if it's if it's if it's super humid outside, it's going to take a little bit longer to dry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Treated yeah. wood com- is very wet. when Yeah, it comes.
3: Um, I I like to say season it for one year, you know, one summer. Just let it go one summer because it it's going to last the summer. It's not like it's going to start rotting right away. But um, I I thought I heard 72 is the minimum that they want to see. So
1: I'm okay just letting it go for this whole summer then.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. if it's brand new pressure treated, yeah, you can let it go till next year. All right. I Did like you the do the you sound pressure treated? What,
1: it, I'm not. It was green. I know that when they put it down. Yeah, it's pressure treated. Yeah. Did you look at composites?
2: No. No. Bad boy. Oh, see, you should have to do called. any painting if you, yeah. if you looked at composites. Eric, they, I'm going to give you my number. Next <laughs> time you do a project, let's talk. Com- no, composites that's good. Well, here, was, here yeah. was
1: the issue is that we had um, some water uh, issues coming into the condo below us, mm. and they and it was coming from our deck because mm. there was water that was not draining from our deck that was then draining into the condo beneath us. And um, so what they did was they they ripped up the deck. And then they put some sealant down, um, and then they kind of graded it so it would drain better. And then they put the deck on top of that. Okay, yeah, it, that that's a really, little different application. Yeah. It
3: sounds like um, the people underneath you can they be underneath your deck and not get wet if it's raining? Is it now like they seal? Yeah, it's okay. sealed now. It's a seal. Okay. But see, our deck yeah. goes over their living room. Okay, okay, that's all a different application. Not that you couldn't use a composite, but what we're thinking because we're more suburbs, uh, you know, wood deck coming off the
2: house. Yes, so I was thinking, like, yeah. water from your yeah. deck is getting in there. <laughs> yeah. right? I, I thought, <laughs> well,
3: maybe it's coming behind the ledger board and That's, dripping into there. That's trying to figure okay, out. a whole two. different application. Yep. Yep. But composite's the way to go. People, I know, costs more money, but it's well worth it, especially if you do a quality um,
2: composite. Yeah, I just, uh, this last weekend, which was Memorial Day weekend, uh, had some family over, and, uh, yeah, I got the power washer out. Power wash, looks like brand yep, power wash the rails. power wash yeah. the rails. Power wash the decking. It's all uh, it's all composite and um, looks brand new. Yeah.
1: I remember my dad. He would he would rent a power washer um, once a year, uh, right? You know, right at the beginning of summer, and he would do our whole deck. But that, that was way. a wood deck,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to be careful because that power washer will tear the wood up. You can actually cut a hole through the, the oh, yeah. product with the power washers if it's set too but high. it
1: looks so good afterward.
3: <laughs> well, if you, if you didn't do it too hard, you yeah. know, if you kick up that pressure because you're trying to clean it, you can actually tear up the wood fiber on it.
1: Well, my my dad, well, he was a real handy guy, so I mean he he knew how to do a lot of that stuff, mm.
3: uh, and I, I mean it always looked beautiful, and we didn't have any holes. So yeah, <laughs> well, then, yeah he kept the pressure right. But some people they it's taking too long, and they kick up the pressure,
2: yeah, <laughs> right, or, right. or they're trying to strip all the stain off. Yeah. With the power washer, like... Like a, oh, you're removing the stain all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. I see we do have a couple of phone calls. we got some more texts coming in. If you want uh, to get your questions answered, 312-981-7200, you can call or text uh, any of your questions in for our experts here. Uh, and they will definitely have answers because they've answered all of mine so far. I'm I'm, I'm going to come up with some more. I'm going to get all of my home improvement needs met during this uh, this fill-in show here for uh, Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio. We also have a lot of prizes to give away. We'll uh, give away a desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60 Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. We'll give that uh, away uh, coming up here after the news. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. 720 WGN Radio. This is House Smarts Radio with Lou Manfredini, except I'm Eric Rung, filling in for Lou, who's out watching his son uh, get married this weekend. Uh, but we've got a couple of experts here with us to answer your questions. So you can always call or text 312-981-7200. we got Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry with us here uh, this morning to answer your question. in the 7 o'clock hour, sponsored by Roofing. Uh, so again, we were kind of talking about how we're getting into summer and we're starting to do a lot more projects. Uh, when you when you get to a point where you're you're starting to list things, you know, prioritize things. Where where do you think most people should start?
2: Well, I would say, uh, I mean, I would start with the stuff that bothers you the most, right? Um, so whether that's a kitchen, a bathroom, an outdoor project, I mean, wh- whatever you know is. What you see the most and is you know uh, cr- creating a lot of attention or whatever uh, that 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 is just a nagging issue is kind of a good place to start. Um, the problem is, is, Mike and I were talking here off the air, is that you know it, it everything is taking a long time for things to come in, so um we do a lot of kitchen remodels and so the uh cabinetry right now uh we work with several different cabinet lines our shortest lead time on uh, on semi custom cabinets is 16 weeks so that's that's 4 months uh which is very unusual the longest lead time that we've seen is up to 24 months which that's 6 months so Everything is taking a long time to come in right now. A lot of it is just because there's just been a huge boom in, uh, in people doing projects in the house and the cabinet companies, uh, just are, you know, way behind on, uh, and very busy on orders that have come through within the last couple of years, uh, or within the last two years, excuse me. And, um, typical lead time though, I mean, prior to the pandemic a typical lead time on cabinetry for us is more like six to eight weeks where now it 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 takes a long time
3: i think with people being home more right now there's still a lot of people working from home so that they're home and they're seeing everything that's wrong with what you were talking about if you're you're thinking about doing your kitchen but you have some other items in the house that need addressing focus on the kitchen so that you can get your order in and get all the materials in process of of retrieving you know it's going to take a while to get those so while you're waiting for all of the the products to come in then you can go ahead and, and address oh well you know that toilet's been bug, bugging me we can replace the toilet uh you know if you want to do some flooring things that you can get readily and take care of those while you're waiting for all the product to come in for your major project mm mm-hmm.
1: I mean, obviously, this this all went back to the supply chain issue to begin mm-hmm. with, and then uh, lumber prices. I remember skyrocketed,
3: yeah, outrageous. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and they're still. I mean, everything is still high now. Yeah. But it, when you are talking to customers in, in hearing what they want to do, uh, it, are you finding that they're once they realize where these prices are and the lead times that they're scaling back, or are they still going forward with
2: their projects? No, you know, I've I've had this conversation with clients because, yeah, sometimes you know people say, well, you know, maybe we'll just put it off then. But you know, it's kind of like if 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 you want to buy a couch and a sofa is going to take you know twelve weeks, sixteen weeks, twenty weeks, six months, you know, whatever it is that it's going to come in. There's no guarantee that in six months that 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 lead time is going to be cut down, right? It it actually could be longer, you yeah. know. So if you need or want a kitchen renovation, the best thing to do is you just got to start it because, you know, you got to get in the books because there's just no guarantee of when any of this is going to go back to whatever normal used to be.
3: And the pricing
2: may not change. You know, as
3: you you progress in years, you know, we don't really go down in pricing. It always keeps going up. So you might be paying maybe a little bit more right now than you would in six months but you got your kitchen now and you're enjoying it and there's there's that satisfaction of having a happy place to go and make dinner kind of thing so sometimes you're you're paying for that too i think
2: yeah you know and i can't help but wonder like the caller earlier who's talking about the roofing you know i i know for myself uh like the concrete guy i've got a small concrete project uh that we're that we're doing that you know fortunately we booked out uh like you know probably in february but um, the permit just came in and I called my concrete guy to have him come out and schedule the work and uh, his voicemail said that they were booked through the season already so they were not taking any new work.
7: Nope, so just, I
2: can't help but wonder like that lady yeah. that called earlier about the roofing, you know, yeah. and not getting people to come out and not getting people to call. Um, I can't help no. but wonder too if that some of that is just they don't have any availability to do it. So. Well, it's a lack of
3: manpower, too. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody wants to work anymore. We were talking right. about this uh, online with some colleagues of mine, and it's like the, the younger generation, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but it's, it seems to us older generation that uh, the younger ones really don't want to physically work anymore. And, you know, there's, there's big money in remodeling. You know, people are paying premium dollars for our work. And, uh, justifiably, I think, you know, we're, we're certified and, and we have all of that. But the kids, if they were to start getting into the, the trades again, like they used to, they could be making some pretty decent money. Well, where should they send their applications? <laughs> uh, there, you, you can apply it to the unions. Uh, I know Nary has programs. Um, so there's a lot of things you could do, but there's, businesses who are dying for oh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, ev- almost dying. every industry.
2: Yeah, yeah, is yeah for is sure. For I don't workers. have I don't have one sub that doesn't have a help on it sign. Yeah. And and they and they'll train. so they don't I mean yeah. they, they can literally send their resume if they want to you, you get into this field. I, I'm happy to yeah. place somebody somewhere yeah. because everybody's looking
3: for I people. worked in an office when I was younger. And then I worked out in the field. I'll never give up the field. I love it. I love yeah. being able to build stuff with my hands and creating things. To me, that's my sanctuary and problem what solving. satisfaction too? Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: you can actually see it when it's done yep. and you did it. Yep. I mean, any time I ever did a project, and given uh you know, my projects are very small. I mean, but still, when you even even cutting the grass i mean that's just, all done it yeah looks it's perfect yeah. i just love that <laughs> feeling it's just such a feeling of satisfaction yeah. and i just love it uh, i but let's get some more questions sure. uh 312-981-7200 you can call our tax We i see we got some texts that have come in uh speak, uh speaking of um roofing we have one here from 815 options on
2: steel shake shingles or versus asphalt shingles steel shake shingles i've not seen steel shake shingles uh
3: it's uh panels panels yeah seam. but they but they look no they have um formed they uh, the ones that i i'm more familiar with are the fiberglass are the um um yeah fiberglass hard fiberglass not the this sh- yeah and they make a panel that looks like a shake roof but I heard that there's steel ones out. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're talking about the regular steel, all of it has lifetimes. And probably the shortest is going to be the three tab fiberglass that you normally see on roofs. Uh, steel, I think is, is like 50 to 60, something like that, years.
2: I would think so, yeah. And,
3: and the clay are even more than that. Um, and I'm sorry because I'm not a roofer. We're primarily interior. Uh, but all of them have different lifetimes, and that's what you need to look at, too. Plus your your uh, environment. If you have a lot of big trees uh, and you're going to have a lot of the sap, that that's hard on the fiberglass. Uh, steel would work better. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we, we got off track. So I don't know <laughs> if we answered the question I, or I, not. I, yeah, which one, which one would you recommend? Yeah. Well, they all have their place. It's just environment's going to be one, uh, longevity. Um, And the look. And the look, yeah. Yeah. I like the steel roofs with the ribs. Mm -hmm. I like the look of those. Yeah.
1: All right. It's 718. You're listening to 720 WGN House Smarts Radio, broadcasting live from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. We'll have more of your questions and get some good answers for you coming up after the
0: break.
3: Some people say a man is made out
0: of mud. Man's I don't know, I kind of, of want to just listen to blood. this for
1: a little bit. This is muscle pretty good. And blood <laughs> and <skin> and bones. <laughs> 7.22, 722 720 WGN, and Sonst Sonst WGN old this is Housemarth Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Luke for Dini, team And team. we have uh, our experts with us, Jim Sullivan from Tate Enterprises, Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry. We're trying to give away a desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling the 60 Minutemen. Visit AmericanWeatherMakers.com. All you have to do is uh, give us a call here, 312-981-7200. We'll get your uh, question answered and, and we'll also get you that desktop weather station from American WeatherMakers. We do have a few more texts that have come in. Um, here's one that from a conversation we had uh, a little while ago about water pressure and or pressure washing rather um, wood this is you mentioned the power washing is not the best use for wood
3: how would you clean a wood fence and maintain it well you can use power washer on a fence or or on wood the the thing is the pressure Uh, you want to keep the pressure what, what do they recommend that at is it three
2: Mm, I think there is a little high. It depends on the tip, uh, right? So there's.
3: You want a wide, you want a wider tip, wider spread tip on, not narrow. But the, the pressure, if you have the pressure up too high, it will actually cut a hole in the wood. So you want to keep the pressure down low. Um, I usually would say put a tarp down, scrape down, at least with a wire brush to get the majority of the paint off. And then you can get that tarp out of there so it's not all in your grass. Then you go back and you can do the power washing. You you want to try to keep as much of that paint debris out of your soil, obviously. Um, but uh, I would do that, scrape it, and then power wash. You might want to do one more scrape down, and then you can prime and paint.
2: Yeah, I always think of it like this: it's a power washer, not a power stripper, yeah. right? So you, you 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 need to think of it that you're just washing off the bird debris, the dirt, all that kind of stuff. That's that's what you're. That's the goal of a power washer, and the tendency, as Mike is saying, is, wow, this thing is really coming clean, but the problem is you don't realize that you're actually damaging the wood when you put the the, the power washer head so close to the wood that it's removing everything off uh, off of the surface, so... Loose stuff, you know, paint that comes off when it's happening, you know, when you're power washing, that's all well and good, but you shouldn't be stripping the paint or the old stain off with your power wash.
1: Was well, it a good idea to maybe uh, just kind of test it on like a part that you really wouldn't see of the wood to make sure you got the right pressure? Mm. Or would it- The problem
2: is, is that it... When you're doing it, it looks like you're doing some good work, but, but as, as we've said, what actually happens, and, and again, depends on the wood too, because cedar is a very soft wood, so a power washer will destroy cedar very quickly. Um, and it, you don't see it really while you're doing it.
3: You're opening what, up all the wood fibers.
2: Yeah. It's what I would up. do if I were power washing a, a um, a fence is I would start, you know, with the tip away from the, uh, from the fence at about 12 inches with a 15 or 25 degree, uh, um, tip on the end of the power washer and do a whole section and then let it dry and see what that looks like and then from there you know then i would move on to the next section Mm. and if it's not coming clean enough again the goal is to get it clean not to strip the paint off but then i would move on to the next section and just uh and and kind of do it do it a little bit at a time
1: all right we do have a phone call and a winner of the desktop weather station from american Weathermakers heating and cooling the 60 minute men visit americanweathermakers.com we got jim on the line has a question about polishing sinks hi jim
0: how you doing? Doing well. Hi, that's good. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a. Uh, it's a Kromark was the brand name of the sink, which is similar to Corian. They're out of business now, but um, I have uh, uh, a sink that's part of the countertop,
7: mm-hmm.
0: and I've got micro, I'm calling them micro cracks, but they're very visible, um, just around. Uh, the drain in that. I wonder if there's a way I can polish that
7: out.
3: Um, If it's it's truly a solid surface product, um, Mm -hmm. uh, what I would probably do myself is I would take that drain collar out and, okay. uh, then you, you would use, it's, it's comparable to like, uh, Scotch Bright, you know, that, that 3M sure. sponge thing. But, uh, I would get it in, the, the color has to do with the grit of it. And I'd right. probably go to white and just, just start wiping it down. You can do it wet. You know, it doesn't have to be underwater, but keep it moist. And, uh, if you have a palm sander, uh you can mm-hmm. take that sometimes and stick it on there and do a palm sanding but that's that's the best way to polish it um it's it's you're sanding it down but with a real real fine grit uh product white
0: is white the finest that they go is that the right white, one the white's, white's what, what the we finest.
3: typically use on corian uh more okay. in the finish stage i mean you could you can start with the uh the green or brown but um if you go too much you're going to have a lot more work with the white so i start with the white to see how how bad it's going to be and if you're taking a long time and not getting anywhere you can go maybe go to the brown and try that for a little bit and uh then go back to the white again because you want to you know you're going to have um if you use the brown you're going to have scratches that the white will take out right
0: create create more work than i need to (laughs) sorry right yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's true. See, I got one 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 problem with you guys is that you you were talking over a really good song. Oh. <laughs> well, you can blame
1: the producer. He told me to start talking. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, actually, man, just, actually, just... actually, that's that's not true. Yeah. I shouldn't have thrown him under the bus, Jack. He yeah. he was uh he said go any anytime. I went too early. Yeah. It was no, a good I, song I, a...
7: Yeah, absolutely. All I right, Jim, hang on. Uh, and...
1: We're going to get your information, make sure we uh get you the uh, the prize, the uh, desktop weather station.
0: All right, very
1: good. Thank you. All right, hang on, Jim. Thanks so much for the uh, phone call. It is uh, 728 right here on 720 WGN. Uh, Want to take more of your phone calls, 312-981-7200. You can call or tax. I see we have uh, a number of tax that are coming in. Phone lines are, are still uh, open up here. Uh, so please give us a call. Uh, we are in the Seal Foundation repair studio right here in the greatest city in the world, Chicago. Once again, 720 WGN, it is 729. We are going to get ready for the news coming up with Dave Schwan. It is 736 right here on 720 WGN. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini. Uh, this fine Saturday here in Chicago, Illinois, from the Seal Foundation Repair Studio, have Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry with us to answer your questions uh, that we have here today. And once again, that phone number, 312-981-7200. You can call or text. And now we, it is time for the New to Lou segment, and it's sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When you need a new ride, you need a new Chevy.
8: Best South Barbecue makers John and Donna Irwin have spent years perfecting John's rib recipe. While discovering a newfound love for chicken wings, he was frustrated with the swapping between different grill racks and decided to make one rack to grill it all. This weekend's new to 2 is the Best South Barbecue Rib and Wing Grill Rack. John's multifunctional solution can do the grill job for ribs or chicken with one sturdy design. The stainless steel skewered rack can hold ribs on one side or accommodate up to a whopping 36 chicken wings on the other side or 10 drumsticks. It maximizes grill space without adding to the clutter of needing a specific rack for each job. It's made right here in the USA, is dishwasher safe, and goes for $45. Bucks. For more information, visit HouseMartsRadio.com or Check out the House Smarts YouTube channel and be sure to click the subscribe button while you're there.
1: Beautiful day for barbecuing, actually, uh, right now. As long as the rain stays away, but I see the sun is shining here high above uh, Wacker Drive in downtown Chicago. Mike,
3: uh, are you a big griller? You said you saw this. I, I grill all year round. I'm I'm not one of the fanatics like the Weber guy that comes in, uh, but I I like to grill and I like. Grilled food. So we grill everything. We grill salads. We grill meats. We grill salads. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, back up. Yeah, you take a, a romaine, head of romaine, slice it in half. I skewer it so that it doesn't roll around. Put a little seasoning on it and grill it, and it's awesome. Wow, I guess I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah.
1: Interesting, Jim. How about you? Are you a griller?
2: Uh, we grill Fairmount. Yes, uh, he does. <laughs> he's a grill guy. Yeah, he is. yeah <laughs> he's got know, all the grills. Uh, I got uh, one. I have one. I have one grill. <laughs> I mean, had
3: like. Two or three? Didn't you have a pellet one? one. No, I I don't know. I I
2: I, I thought about a a pellet one. I I ended up uh, I ended up with a Weber. um, But uh, we grill a fair amount. Um, Half or a lot of my house is vegan, so I like I had to buy a nice a big Weber, like the big one, the four burner, so I could grill meat on one side veggies on the other to keep you know keep everything clean um and happy and happy yeah so we grill a fair amount in the in the summer and then in the winter sometimes like if we're hosting thanksgiving i'll i'll grill the turkey out there um but yeah, yeah, fair amount. How about you?
1: I, I do uh, a little bit. I'm a, a big salmon guy yeah. on the grill, and yeah. I uh, we'll get the cedar plank boards yeah. and soak them all day oh, yeah. and then throw the filet of salmon on there. And then uh, there's this uh, rub uh, that I use from, um oh boy, now it's my mind is uh forgetting what it william sonoma actually and it's uh, this great rub and it just brings out the flavor of the fish and that cedar plank is so good I, I just i love it that way um the other things i like to do i mean we do burgers and you know i've got young kids so we do a lot of hot dogs too mm-hmm. uh <laughs> which yeah. are what about the smoker like the smoker i think is i love like smoked turkey and and i i, I love the smoker do you guys do that
2: I uh, I enjoy the taste. Um, it is not I, th- I think of it as a hobby, right? Uh, so my hobby is not cooking. My hobby is more in the cars and things like that. Um, so but I can totally appreciate the skill that people put into smoking and the time that it takes.
3: It's the time. So I enjoy a, yeah.
2: eating it. For sure. (laughs) That would be my hobby, but I'm happy to pay somebody else to do it. I
3: I (laughs) like cooking. Uh, That's therapy to me. Um, You were talking about rubs. My wife is very low-carb, no sugar. She tries to keep all that down, so I... Developed a, a rub that we use that's like all protein. There's no added sugars to it. It's got nice spice to it. So we put that. We put it on salmon all the time. It's awesome on salmon. I'll get your address. I'll send you some. See what you think. But um, I do a lot of that. I like experimenting. So I got a barbecue sauce. Same thing. Low oh, sugar really? barbecue sauce. Making um, your own sauces. Well, because I like eating, and my <laughs> wife likes being healthy, so we have to compromise. <laughs> right, right. I,
1: I, well, it's, I do a fair amount of cooking, but most of mine is, is in the kitchen. I do like to grill. Um, I, I, it's just that most of my, Cooking comes from my mother, who is Italian, and so you know is making the red sauce and making mm-hmm. meatballs and and doing all of that stuff. That's that, I love that. It's, it's therapy to me too, mm-hmm. and and I love that, um especially uh Lucy, my my youngest, uh, who's seven. She she likes to get in there to do it with me too, and she likes to come out and, and watch the grill and ask a bunch of questions, and it's so much fun. And, and I it's just a fun. To get everybody together like that. And, and yeah. that's one thing that I grew up with was everybody was in the kitchen always yeah. and always had a good idea to try something or do something or or make something new. Uh, you know, the other thing I like on salmon, too, is just salt and pepper, Yeah, yep. which can go a long ways. I, I had a buddy of mine, uh, speaking of paying someone to smoke it, he had a smoker and he would, uh, we, our days off didn't quite meet up, but he would... I would go to work and he would be like, "Hey, why don't you come over after work? Uh, my wife and I were we're going to smoke something blah blah blah." Oh my god. And I he'd be like, "I it's been in there for about 8 hours."
2: Yeah.
3: See, that's my yeah. problem. I'm working. So yeah. it's like yeah. I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But I did look at this uh product that they were t- just talking about Nunaloo. I did look at it online and it's it's kind of a a neat concept. I I'm not a big wings guy, but um it seems like it holds all your products so you don't have to keep flipping it. So you put it in and let it cook and it's done. So that, that makes it a lot it was, easier. Yeah. I maybe I would, I've
1: never tried wings.
3: I've never tried a wing sauce. I've never tried, I, I I get that on the outside. Yeah. 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 Me too. Uh, we, there's a place down the street. They got their atomic or whatever wings because I like everything really spicy and, uh, that, then I'll do it, but I won't make them at home. We do big fillets and chops and stuff. Yeah. Sh- I, I, and shrimp. you know,
1: there is something just though uh, about the, Uh, a grilled steak too Mm -hmm. that you actually do on your own tomahawk you know three inch tomahawk
4: those Uh. are just
3: (laughs) wait do you guys do any marinating then Mm -hmm. yeah i do some with my sauces and some with other you know if i see a recipe that i think sounded tasty so yeah but my my dad uh he gave instilled this in me i
1: guess especially with the steak was um he would put it in the Ziploc in a Ziploc bag, and then just pour about a half a beer in there mm-hmm. and let it soak in there. And oh. Tenderize it. And yeah. St- yeah, really. Tenderizes Excellent. it. Yeah. And then another uh, friend of mine, he used um, whiskey mm. and soaked it in whiskey. And oh
3: man, just a great taste. I have an old Jack Daniels keg that uh, I I wanted other parts of it, and I scrapped the rest of it, and I chopped up all of the the uh, oh, slats into uh, little pieces and soak them and use those on the grill because they got the, the whiskey
2: oh yeah where you know, do you get a jack daniels barrel
3: i'm a big jack daniels guy i got a lot of jack daniels. i got a collection of bottles filled i know bottles, where do you get a uh, barrel though i mean that's Tennessee. Like, yeah yeah i like, yeah, back in the truck and came home
2: i had a buddy of my do they like, like discontinue them or something like after
3: a while they don't use them. they only use them for a certain amount of time then they're no good okay what and then they sell them to uh, yep. like I didn't know that. Stupid people like me. too? Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's, there's there's some a market wine, farm, yeah. There's some wine uh companies now that age it in old whiskey bottles, Yeah, hmm well, barrels. Uh, or barrels beers, I mean,
1: yeah, they do the uh whiskey barrel aged uh, beers too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a buddy of mine. He's a big Maker's Mark uh, guy, mm-hmm. and he did the same. He went down there, did the whole uh, Bourbon Trail, mm-hmm. which I would love to do. I'm a huge Bourbon fan myself, but uh, he he bought a, uh, a barrel too. And brought it back with him, but they somehow they got it home in a car. But
2: oh. <laughs> Tied it to the roof. I, I think it just
1: I think they tied the trunk down yeah. actually in order to get it home. Yeah.
3: That's funny. But no, it does make for some nice Oh, it sounds nice good. Uh, yeah, steaks, yeah, I so like that.
2: I like the idea. Yeah, like I said, I, just, I didn't know and, you could buy barrel.
3: And then like, I guess you pair that with the uh, wine that they age in uh, yeah, the whiskey makes barrels, sense. So. <laughs> no,
2: it all sounds good to me. What time is it?
1: Yeah, Lunch yeah. well, for lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, this is 720 WGN Radio. You're listening to House Mart's Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini. We'll have more coming up right after this. Welcome back to House Smarts Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini, right here on 720 WGN. The time is 748. We uh, Finally, we've got some calls coming in here. Uh, we have Mary on the line. And Mary, welcome to House Smarts Radio. Uh, what's your question?
9: Well, I have a, a bay window in the front that the paint is peeling on the outside. I need painting done, I believe. Or maybe I was considering also having it encased in aluminum. And then I have a back porch that has a cedar on it. Um, I think they're called shakes. I'm not sure. That needs um, staining or repair. Uh, I have to have several things done. I need to trim on my garage, some work done on it. I need my access door to my garage, maybe painted. And I can't find anyone who will want to do various work. They either want to paint the whole house, which I don't want, or they want to build a new porch. I can't find anyone who would help me. Where where do you live?
3: I live in Park Ridge. Park Ridge? Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think that's... Well, north of us. Um, what I would suggest is, uh, go to nari.org, n-a-r-i.org. That's the National Association of Remodeling Industry. And, um, they may be able to find you a contractor in your area to take care of that. Um, I, I know a lot of contractors in a lot of areas, but I'm, I apologize. I don't know anybody that actually services that that area there so try that i'd give them a shout or go online and look them up and um, see if they can help you out all
9: right thank you very much
3: you're welcome
1: mary thanks so much for the uh, phone call once again the number if you want to have a question 312-981-7200 you can call or text uh, I have a, uh, oh, this is an interesting question here from 847. Uh, I have a large drawer full of never used and no longer useful light bulbs. What should I do with them to get rid of them?
2: I'm sorry, what uh, is it? A large <laughs> drawer, did you say? A large drawer. Oh, drawer, drawer, drawer. drawer of regular light bulbs?
3: Uh, you, I don't know no anybody wants useful. the light bulbs, but maybe the drawer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the only thing I could say is, you know, bring them to the local um, shelters, you know, like the Salvation Army or somebody may take them.
2: Um, I hold on to them every once in a while. You'll have so, I mean,
3: everybody's going to LED. I know everyone's going to LED.
2: (laughs) I hold on to them though, because sometimes you'll have like one fixture that, uh, the LED bulb just doesn't seem to work right in. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, we just did a kitchen and now they put LEDs in and put it on a dimmer. Uh, the, 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 um, the bulbs were not dimmable, um, but what, what was strange is when the power was all the way up on the dimmer is when they would flash. Mm. It was very bizarre. Like you yeah, would think that yeah. it would flash when it was when the power yeah. was was lower. But every once in a while, you'll have just that one fixture that, like I said, just doesn't want to work yeah. right on an LED for whatever reason. All right, reason. so save
3: a couple. You know, you don't need a whole drawer of light bulbs. Well, they come in different wattages.
2: I mean, <laughs> you're old. Sizes. You're one of those guys that
3: just saves everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one thing I want to tell you though, that wet and forget, it works. It does work. That's an awesome product. So anybody even considering it, I use it on my house. It works awesome. So I, I'm, I'm hey, going to go plot. right along with it. Like
2: you know, I, I'm a listener of Lou Manfredini's show and I would say that uh, I've heard of wet and forget. Last year, I tried some on my house. I have a 50-year-old, 70-year-old, excuse me, brick house with limestone sills yeah. on the windows. And um, everything had the black on it, yeah. you know, and a little moss in areas that doesn't dry very well. And sprayed it in a couple areas. And I have some siding on the house. Sprayed it in a couple areas. And sure enough, gone. I mean, gone. Yeah. Gone.
3: I want to get some and deliver it to some of the houses in my yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. On the side of the house that they never see, yeah. it's like
2: all green. Green, yeah. 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 It, it does work. Okay, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh,
1: Please talk about the sponsors all you want. I'm all for it. (laughs) Uh, There's a couple more suggestions, Mary, if you're still listening. um, uh, People have texted in. 630 says uh, to go to Ace Hardware in Park Ridge, and they Mm -hmm. believe they have a handyman service. Uh, If not, go to the one in Edgebrook. Uh, They may be able to help you out there um and also try nextdoor.com to find a handyman
3: uh, so a lot of a lot of places mary that uh, that the, you can try to the to... one thing though you got to be careful especially with it sounds like she's an older woman that make sure that they have uh liability insurance and if they have any employees that they carry workman's comp because if somebody gets hurt on their site they can uh, working on her house they can come after her insurance Oh, that's great advice, yeah. It's very important, at least, that they have um, liability insurance.
1: All right, here's another text, 847. I have 15-year-old Marvin double-hung windows. I normally open from the top down. Lately, the top panel won't stay up. I assume I need a new part that holds the window uh, to replace that part. Who can I get to do the work? Is this job most handyman can do, or do I need someone to specialize
3: in windows? I think Marvin has a customer service department. It's a balance. That's what's making it. The balance is what keeps the window wherever you put it. And it sounds like one of them is going bad. If they both go bad, the window will just drop. Um, but I believe Marvin has a um, a customer service. If not, most contractors can handle If they do any kind of window work, they can handle it. It's just Marvin will know the part right away.
1: Is it something you could do on your own, or do you need somebody that...
3: If you're handy, it's, a uh, pretty can, easy fix or? Uh, for the most part, I mean, you have to be careful on how the window gets set in there. You're, what you're doing is you're taking the sashes out to get to the balances. So, um, if you go online, you can probably look, uh, Marvin probably shows some things on how to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, or Blaine.
3: Or, or, yeah. Blaine, um, Blaine also, Blaine, uh, window supply, I think, mm-hmm. um, they carry all the parts for every just about every window manufacturer is but anyway hopefully that can answer their question yeah it is all it's a handyman thing if you're somewhat handy though right um
1: you know, you know, a great place that I always go to when I'm looking to do something handy is uh, YouTube, because I could generally yeah. find somebody that could show me how
3: to do it. <laughs> At least get the general concept. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. Although it has led me astray a few times where I've gotten into it. And I'm like, I should have watched this whole video before yeah. I started instead of pausing halfway through.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got this. <laughs> no, I know. Well, they make it look
1: so easy, yeah. too. And yeah. they're just like, oh, no, no, da, da, da no, yeah. oh, just make a cut here.
2: Yeah, it's always amazing, YouTube. Like, when you think that you've got the only problem anyone has ever had, and then you, like, go and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to solve this. I'm going to have to solve this. And then you get on YouTube and you're like, oh, it turns out there's a million people that have oh, had yeah. this same issue.
1: I was yeah. actually at a uh, Menards and I was looking, uh, We, we uh, I was going to replace some drywall and um, I was asking the guy, I'm like, okay, this is what I have. I need a, like a little square, you know, I ha- just kind of walk me through this. He's like, no, 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 and he pulled it up on his phone. He's yeah. like, here, just take this uh, link, yeah. this link, and then you'll be fine. And yeah. it worked. Yeah, and it, and I felt pretty good about myself afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I felt satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now it is uh, time to get the news. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. <laughs> Welcome back to House March Radio. I'm Eric Rung in Fort Lou Manfredini. It is 810 on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Chicago. The Seal Foundation Repair Studio is where we are broadcasting live from. Um, and, and we got, of course, a lot of calls coming in. We got a lot of texts coming in. That number again, 312-981-7200. This 8 o'clock hour is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. And uh, let's go to the phones right now. we got Bart on the line. Uh, Bart has a problem with uh, a hot water heater. Hi, Bart.
10: Uh, good morning. Uh, My daughter replaced her water softener and the hot water tank, and she's now getting uh, smelly water from the kitchen faucet, and they're blaming, I think they called it the dip tube in the uh, hot water tank, and they want to charge her to replace it, and this is all new stuff and i was getting your thoughts on that
3: well if it's new and under warranty then that shouldn't cost her anything uh, it, well that
10: yeah that's what i thought too but uh,
3: uh, could that
10: could could that too be bad on a new tank
3: well anything's possible um but yeah. again it, it's how old is the tank when did they put that in oh. Well, they just put it in. Uh, it's, it's probably maybe two weeks old. Oh, I would, I would do some complaining. I'm sorry, but the, yeah. the, unless they can give you a better uh, answer on that, I can't imagine that would cause the water to smell.
2: Well, unless the, they didn't. I mean, sometimes they don't put the the, the dip tube in. It, 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 it depends on the house whether it's needed or not. So, in yeah. other words, if the old one, if the old water heater did not have one, unlikely when they put the new water heater in that they would have installed it and then if you added a water softener after that that could be kind of the sequence of how all that yeah. went down i don't know so well, it, it may be that they they didn't put it in and now they it needs it
3: both products together the same company or is it two different uh, companies? yes hmm? yes the same company yeah. i i think i would talk to them a little bit more because um, to me they're the professionals and they should
2: yeah, you know, I don't disagree. So, yeah,
3: I hope that helps. Are there different I, I, kinds
2: of dip tubes?
3: I'm sorry, what?
10: Are there different kinds of dip
3: tubes? Well, it depends. Are one on better it. than the other? Not that I'm aware of. Not, yeah, I I have no idea on that. If there would be one better okay. than the other, sorry. Okay. Okay.
10: Well, it? I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I didn't think she had she should have paid anything
3: more anyway. So I, I agree they with they you do for Unless and, and they they can give a better answer, I don't think I think that that should just be part of the warranty. Oh, okay.
1: I think, I think you should you tell that. her to uh,
3: bring out her inner Karen and, and ask <laughs> for the manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank or, you. Or bring her dad in. Yeah,
10: there you <laughs> go. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm involved already. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, Bart, thanks for the phone call. Wait, here's something I had to replace uh our hot water heater. No, 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 no. Water hot,
3: hot water tank. No, it's a well water heater, not hot water heater. Oh, okay. That's yes, why I because keep giving. And he he bit his tongue today. I finally trained <laughs> to, to
1: him. Now twice. I understand yeah. why yeah. the the yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, so we replaced our water heater. Heater um and the choice was the tank or the
3: tankless and the list. what mm-hmm. do you guys recommend if you can do tankless it's the way to go but it's can be more costly and depending on some applications you really can't do it feasibly you know on the existing structure but if you have the option it's the way to go
2: if I, you got I a agree. water heater, I haven't had a...
3: your water heater, you're, you're paying to heat that water constantly, all day, so it's always there when you're ready. When you have the hot water on demand, it heats the water as you need it, so you're not paying to keep that water warm. It's just when you turn on your water, it's heating it up as you go.
1: And I mean, there is a significant cost yes, differential sir, between sir, the two. Sir. I mean Mm, I, when i was shopping for them, there well
3: it, again it depends okay. on the applications too because of the way it gets vented and things yeah. like that and how you have to plumb it into the house but
2: if, it'll take more work for sure yes, if you're going yes. from a standard water heater to a tankless there's more work involved but the cost of the units it's not that much more i mean mm-hmm. again depending on what you're purchasing but if you're looking at a fast recovery uh high efficiency hot water excuse me water heater, uh, you'll find that a tankless isn't that much more. Now, the labor to install it is going to yes. be more yes. on the first time you change over. But, but if,
3: if you're keeping the house for a long period of time, yeah. it's well worth it.
2: Yeah, well worth it. Yeah, I did my first tankless in my house in 2005, um, so it was fairly new technology in America at that time, but we're one of the last countries to have water, uh, excuse me, tanked water heaters. Yeah. Uh, most countries have already moved to tankless. Well,
1: it's certainly, I mean, the, the safe space uh, savings yeah. is huge, too. Yeah. I mean, my, mine is in a closet because I'm in a condo here in the city, and so all of it was really tight mm. to begin with, and when they installed the new water heater... You have to so, change. Everybody's
7: <laughs> talking slowly. <laughs> so when they
1: when they installed, they actually had to move some of the piping around yeah, yeah. Uh, in order to get it in because the tank size that I had, they didn't make that size anymore. The yeah. cylinder that and yeah.
3: everybody wants bigger so that they have longer shower abilities and things. But then if you go to the tankless, you know you can go to a bigger tankless and it takes up barely any more space. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, things, things, things change, right? I mean, it, like I said, most of the time now people are buying, you know, high efficiency, fast recovery. Uh, they can duck straight out in PVC, you know, because the heat that they're actually losing isn't, isn't all that much, Um and but they're not cheap. I mean, you know, they're 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 expensive also. But but every application is different. Like you said, yours is in a closet. So that makes it a little bit different um, where, you know, out by me, of course, the water heaters are always in the basement, you know, and so there's a little more room. But every application is different. And um, um, that's why you kind of kind of lean on your plumber to make to help you make those decisions as well. All right. Uh, thanks for that question. We got a lot
1: more to get to. If you want to get your question in, you can call or text 312-981-7200. Time now to hear from Lindsay about what's new at Builder Supply Outlet.
8: Thanks, Lou. Looking to update a bathroom with a modern design and open shelving? Look no further than the Abbey and Castle Vanity Collections. In stock now at Builder Supply Outlet. Wood constructed with soft-closed drawers and doors and hardware included. In-demand colors like white, gray, and navy make ideal neutrals. And for a limited time, save even more with 10% off in stock granite or quartz tops. Oh, and a free undermount sink. An incredible deal only at Builder Supply Outlet.
1: Welcome back to House Smarts Radio. I'm Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini. This is 720 WGN. It is 820 on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Chicago, Illinois. We've got Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry here to answer your questions. And uh, here's one that we were just talking about uh, Water heaters. No, yes, I got it right. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how your brain really just wants to say hot water heater. Uh, This is from 847. I have a tankless water heater. It is in the basement of my house, and I have a very hard time getting hot water into the kitchen unless I go and run the hot water in the bathroom. Any suggestions?
2: Well, um, yeah, you could put a recirculating line in um, that would... Keep hot water flowing and in the pipes. I mean, when you change over from a standard water heater to a tankless, heat rises. So if you have an old tank heater, the the heat of the uh, hot water does rise up through the pipes. Where when you have a uh, tankless water heater, that does not happen because it, there's no there's no heat being created within the pipe. So you can put a recirculating line in. The challenge with that is is that on what a uh, tankless water heater does do is it uses a ton of energy to make hot water. So if you put in a circulating line and you're running the tankless unit when you're not using hot water, you are not going to have any energy savings. It's because, defeating the purpose. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're making hot water even though you're not using it. And some of these water heaters uh these tankless units are 190,000 BTUs which by comparison uh the average house probably has about a, a 120,000 BTU furnace in it so if you think about how much gas 190,000 is versus 120,000 BTUs um it uses a lot of gas or electricity if you have an electric tankless unit so i don't advise doing a uh doing a recirculating line Unless you can do it on a switch, meaning you can turn it on right before you're about to use it. Um, usually what I tell people is if you are having a problem with the amount of time it's taking for you to get hot water to the source, the quickest solution and the least expensive solution is to open another faucet. Because all you're really doing is clearing the cold water out of the hot water side, just replacing it with hot water, and so the faster <laughs> you can get it out of there. The quicker it gets to the source, yeah. does that uh, make sense? Yeah. So if you're in a, if you have a bathroom and you have two sinks, if it takes a long time to get water at one sink, open both sinks. It'll you're increasing the, time the time in water half. flow. You're increasing space. the water flow.
1: Well, here's something uh, that. So we have two floors in my condo too, and so. I find that it takes a while for the hot water to get up to the second floor. It just takes a lot longer for the shower to to get warm. And you have to run it a lot longer than I would like, I guess. But it's
3: exactly what Jim's saying. You know, your your source of heat to where the outlet is, is a lot longer. So that pipe is filled with cold water. So you're trying to flush it out. And as Jim said, if you turned on your shower and your sink faucet, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice, people... Um, then you're going to get that flow of the cold water okay. out of the pipe faster. Now and I then, understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. It's a uh, distance issue. It's not a, it's not a heater issue. It's a distance yes. issue.
3: I stayed in a hotel
1: one time, and I think it was on like the 21st floor, and I actually called down to the front desk because it, is, it was several minutes, and it was not getting any warmer at all. This was during the pandemic, too. But um, I called down there. The, the, they set up their handyman, and
3: he said, well, there's no one staying in the hotel. It's just going to take a while. <laughs> well, it, that sounds like it was an older hotel yeah, too, because yeah. the newer ones have circulation. Oh, pumps. Yeah. they're running hot water all the time. Yeah, you know, so you it's immediate yeah. in yeah. most cases. I With thought the newer I was hotel. just a moron; I couldn't figure out how to turn on the hot water. But <laughs> this big baby! Oh, the water's too cold. Yeah,
1: I was, I was glad <laughs> to find out it wasn't yeah. wasn't me. User error. Uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. We have Debbie. Uh, she has a question about. Rick. Painting cedar siding. Hi, Debbie.
9: Oh, hi. Um,
11: We need to have our cedar siding um, painted in that. And I was looking at other options besides, you know, because some boards need to be replaced. And does anyone have any um, experience with the fiber cement products, which is supposed to look like cedar? It's made to look like it, but it's made with silica and Mm -hmm. to replace the cedar with the fiber. Cement, like there's different products I looked at, like Jane Tardy, and there's, yeah. I don't know, whatever. And if anyone has any experience with using those types of products instead of the cedar wood itself,
2: yes, we do. Uh, we use it often. Um, we use all kinds of different composite materials for exterior applications, like that. Not often are we using cedar for siding anymore. There's pros and cons. I would say if you are replacing the whole thing, that would be fine, but you can't take a piece of fiber cement board siding and mix it with cedar. So in other words, you can't take a plank of right. cedar out. You'd have to replace all of it. Um, the biggest uh, upside really is that uh, with the uh um fiber cement board sidings you can paint it as opposed to staining it so if you have cedar you're constantly staining it and every couple of years you got to restain and so on and so forth where the uh cement board sidings and the silica sidings is uh it is paint and if you get it pre-finished a lot of those warranties are for like 20 years so you you shouldn't have to do it again and even if it did wear off the it's not going to affect the product right like it does with cedar right it there are some challenges if you if you have a high moisture area the 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 cement board siding can have some issues that way but you'd probably have similar issues with the cedar also yes so if you have like if uh if you mm-hmm. put the siding below grade you know which some people do or yep. below in the mulch or whatever that's a problem for the the the, the cement based They'll start to delaminate. um but again you, you shouldn't have that anyway so yeah okay yeah yeah but right. i'm a big fan of it uh like i said rarely do we use cedar anymore most of it is some sort of composite material mm-hmm.
1: or- yeah okay thank you yep hey debbie thanks so much for the phone call uh fred is up next here he's been holding for a while so we can get him in and we gotta we're running up against news so we'll see uh fred what's your question
0: my question is i have black scuff marks from my snowblower on my paver sidewalk a while back, some men called up the same problem, and Lou said try crud cutter and a scrubber, and that did absolutely nothing. So I was wondering if you guys had any ideas.
3: Well, uh, the only thing, and because I have one, I would probably try a power washer, and but you're saying it's pavers, so I'd be careful on that because you don't want to blast between the pavers. Right. Right. But um, that might be enough to get it off of there. Um I'm
2: trying to think. What breaks down rubber? Like what chemical? The, the
3: only other thing would be like an acetone, but yeah, I don't know if that's going to affect the, the colorant in, in right. the paver.
2: Right. I also
0: didn't want to use a wire brush because I thought that would scratch.
3: Uh, it's yeah. possible. Do you have any pavers off to the side like spares? Um I believe so. Because that might be a thing you could try experimenting on, you know. Maybe not a, a wire brush, but a, ni- a real stiff nylon brush. Um Or, like I said, maybe try the acetone, see if it takes the colorant out of the, the paver. That might work. Or denatured alcohol, but I, I don't think denatured alcohol will be enough. Uh, you can also try Goof-Off. That's pretty pretty good product to use. But I try okay. all of those on your your spare just yeah. to make sure it doesn't change the color of it.
0: Okay, I'll give that a try. Every time I look at this, I get so annoyed. Yeah, I understand.
3: It's one of those things that you can't help but notice it because you walk over it all the time. Right. So. Also, question for Eric: Do you ever sleep? You stop <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I can sleep when I'm dead. Uh, he, he did nod <laughs> off at one point while we were talking, but he's back. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, uh, thanks for watching WGN-TV, by the way. I, usually I'm on the morning show, so I've, uh, I work uh, at 3.30. So I actually got to sleep in today. Ah, uh, Good. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for the phone call, Fred. If you have a question, uh, give us a call three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. 312-981-7200. You can call or text. This is House Smart's Radio. My name is Eric Rung. Filling in for Lou Manfredini, it's now time to... Get a check on the news with Dave Schwann. Welcome back to House Smarts Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini right here on 720 WGN. The time now is 835. And Lou left us a, a nice little uh, a piece here that I actually remember. It's back from uh, December. And Joe Myra, Senior VP of Operations and Administrations over at the UC, really broke down how they they really take care of the United Center Um from maintenance to you know making sure all the bathrooms are working and how they fix stuff and how how they do all the the paint and just some some really fun facts uh for you to enjoy here's that interview from december what's
7: up chicago what's up up, chicago what's up get Get on it it. get get on it
12: Hey, Rudy, you're on WGN. Good morning.
2: Are you on my bandwagon? Oh, sure, I am. Go Blackhawk. Uh, welcome back
12: to Marks Radio. Lou Manfredini. All right, so we talk a lot about all the things you have to do in your home, you know, when it comes to maintaining it and improving it. You know, I don't know. The average uh, house in Chicago is probably anywhere from... 1500 to 2500 maybe 3000 square feet but there's another home in chicago it's actually the home of the chicago blackhawks and the chicago bulls the united center and you certainly hear about the united center a lot on wgn radio when the hawks are playing i wanted to learn a little bit more about it joe myra is the senior vice president of operations and administration with the united center joe good morning and welcome to house smarts radio
5: hey Lou good morning thanks for having me um, happy to be here
12: um okay t- t- tell me a little bit as what as a person who is the vice president of operations and administration uh, give me a little uh, uh, snapshot of kind of like what your responsibilities are with that giant building that you manage
5: sure good question I think a, a lot of uh, what I do is, is is built into the event side um, like, you know I oversee our staff and our operations that support both uh, the Blackhawks and the Bulls, as well as our additional events, which could be college events, uh, concerts, or or entertainment. Um, We we make sure the building's up and running. We accept all of our fans in a safe and efficient and friendly manner uh, and and make sure the place runs all right and, and everyone has a great time.
12: Well, and really, just thinking this through, um, it, it's been quite a, a couple of years for you folks because you were, for a, a fair amount of time, didn't have anybody in the building, and now finally we've we've got people back in the building, and, and it's got to be a big job to keep everybody safe.
5: Absolutely. You know, we, we're lucky. Uh, you we're know, back up and running, obviously, uh, through the pandemic. Uh, we went from 100% to zero, uh, and we're kind of... First to shut down and last in line to come back to full capacity, which we're at today, we're very excited about that and, and thankful for that. Um, you know, for us, I think uh, what I like to equate the United Center to, and for those maybe listening today, is you know it's 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 almost like a small city, and it's and it does have similar challenges to 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 to, uh, to a home. Um, you know, it's just it's just nine hundred sixty thousand. Square feet versus maybe the the average home, which is a pretty large multiplier. um, which which again, it it creates more, well, you know, more challenges, but very similar challenges. Sure. Look, we have a great staff. Uh, We work with our with our trades. Uh, Karen Ringstead, who's our senior director of building operations, has has a great staff. We work with the local unions. Uh, to keep the building up and running, and, and a, a lot of what our fans don't see is behind the scenes. Um, you know, when a typical homeowner has one or two rest, uh, bathrooms to worry about, we have you know well over seventy-two public restrooms, and you know, plus our our our, our individual suite restrooms. Uh, you know, that comes with with some some care and feeding in the off season sure. uh, and, and during the season. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of what we do is is behind the scenes outside of the event times. Um, and it does, it takes a pretty large staff to maintain, maintain the building. I'm how, that how, say,
12: how, how many, Joe, uh, how many people do, uh, how many people work behind the scenes to do exactly what you're talking about?
5: Sure. Yeah. The United States, we have, we have about 145 full-time employees plus another, uh, thousand, um, to 1200 part-time employees at any point. Um, you know, our, our operations staff is anywhere between 20 and 30, depending on how you, uh, equate that, but you know, we will, you know, we'll have have full-time operators, full-time security staff, uh, you know, 24-7. We're always working, um, you know, on on the building and maintaining the building. We have, you know, it's a a privately owned and operated facility. Uh, We have um, great support from our ownership group uh, to put on a great product for our fans and hopefully continue to to maintain it as one of the best in the industry. and, And especially in Chicago, we take a lot of pride in you know the building and the experience that, that folks have when they when they arrive right. at
12: the United Center. I um I I think I'm old enough, and and a lot of people are old enough, probably listening, that remember the old Chicago Stadium, which used to be across the street, correct? And then did they? Am oh, yeah. I, am I, right, am I yep. right about this? Was the United Center built in the early nineties? Yeah, we
5: opened up our first our first event was uh, <coughs> excuse me mid August 1994. So. Um, you know, we had just celebrated our 20th anniversary uh, prior prior to COVID. Um, So yeah, we're you know we're we're, we're getting we're getting a little long in the tooth when compared <laughs> to other facilities. However, we, we hope that you don't notice that. No, <laughs> just like all of us in our individual lives. No, I
12: mean I, I uh, I'm yes, yeah. I'm I, I'm fortunate enough that I've I've been to the building, uh, you know, for both uh, Hawks games and Bulls games and Disney on Ice and. And I've had and I've had the pleasure too of, of of seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff, and I'm always amazed at the um the comings and goings. You, you mentioned it's like its own little city because of the size of it all, and and it must really, it, it certainly is a testament to the people you have working there to keep it looking so good.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that a lot of folks are always very curious of is how do you convert from you know basketball to hockey, hockey to concerts, and 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 then back. Um, you know, we, it, it takes about two hours, um, a little known fact, or maybe it's a well known fact by now is that the ice is actually put in, uh, for the Hawks is is put in, in in mid September prior to preseason. Uh, we typically give it about a a week or two to, to, uh, to set. And, uh, when you put ice in, the longer the ice is in, the better the the skating conditions.
7: So Mm.
5: throughout the year, the the skating conditions actually improve with the compression of all of the, um, you know, the, 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 the games that are played and, and everything that happens. Um, it takes about, I think I just, said, it takes about two hours to convert from, from sport to, to entertainment and back, uh, a little longer depending on, you know, when they, when the events end and what the event schedule looks like. We have a really talented conversion team. Uh, we got, we have some full-time and part-time employees. It takes about 30 to 40, uh, folks, uh, that start immediately after a Hawks game and go into a bulls, uh, setup or, a or a concert uh, it's really interesting to watch um, if anyone has has been able to you know been in a, in an area where we started to convert right after the game it's really interesting hmm. um, to watch and, and it's it's uh it's really impressive we've got a great team and we're, we'll benefit from that so little, uh, I'll, I'll tell you oh. one little fact it, it took around 24 hours uh, the first time we did that back and when the building was open so that's how
12: much improvement oh, oh, it was my gosh years. that's crazy now I'm just curious a lot now I'm, a, I'm thinking a lot of yeah, I'm thinking about the difference between the hockey and uh, and basketball. So, you when the hockey goes in, you actually pull seats out, correct?
5: Uh, correct. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have uh, we, we have what we call retractable risers. They're on uh, uh, they run off of, of hydraulics. Uh, it's almost like an air cushion, hmm. and we'll we'll actually retract and re- extend and retract those seats, flip them around. Uh, they have a hockey setting and a basketball setting. Those are on the, uh, we'll call it the east and west ends. And then obviously, with our our, our portable risers, uh, help us converting. Plus the four seats for for bulls. Obviously, those go away. Right. Um, for those that are at a, a bulls game or watching on TV, you can actually see where the dasher is and kind of see what goes on inside the dashers. Uh, for a bulls game It's quite amazing if you actually look for it. Um, but we try to hide it so you know. I guess yeah, yeah, that's yeah. More of a challenge.
7: right, 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 right. Uh, right <laughs> Right. That,
5: uh, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, and like I said, it, it, it takes everything from our broadcast partners uh, to our trades to our conversion folks to our uh, to our vendors, uh, and then uh, and then at the end of the day, you know, the team's coming in and and hoping you know like nothing had changed from from game to game.
12: Yeah, that's really. I mean, I know that um, over the last few years, you've gone uh, over some nice renovations there. I know a lot of the suites have been updated. A lot of the common areas of the uh, of the building have been updated too. It really looks nice, and uh, I just wanted to learn a little bit about what it takes to maintain that place. And and uh, it's a big building, and hats off to all the people that are doing hard work to keep it up and running.
5: Uh, well, thank you, Lou. We appreciate that. And like I said, we're, we're very fortunate to have a great staff, a uh, great supportive ownership group, and, and great fans to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all, always it's not all for not. So right. uh, we hope to see everybody come enjoy a game or a or a concert uh, very soon.
12: Joe Myra is the Senior Vice President of Operations and Administration at the United Center. Joe, thanks you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lou. Hey,
1: it's just so interesting how they keep that place uh, going with uh, so many things, concerts, the Blackhawks, Bulls, uh, so many things going in and out of the of the UC. So really a great interview done by uh, Lou back in December with Joe Myra, Senior VP of Operations and administrations for the UC. A lot more on House Smarts Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini. We'll be back right after this. And welcome back to 720 WGN Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini here on House Smarts Radio. It is 849, and uh, we have some, some calls coming in. Uh, if you have a question for uh, our two experts here, Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry, please call one. 291 981-7200 or you can text us at that same number uh let's go to rich who has a question about uh air conditioning hi rich
0: good morning how are you how are you fellas doing great uh my question is this um i had a, a heating air conditioning unit replaced by a, a friend of a friend of a friend uh i said a guy that knows a guy it... It sounds very chicago yeah. <laughs> yes and so I subsequently had another company do a cleaning and check and what they alerted me to was that my filter is too small for my AC unit and, and heating unit. Um but the, the to do that uh, I need to raise the 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 unit up so that there's air being circulated underneath it and they said they could do it on time and material. It's been working for four years. They told me I was lo- losing efficiency, and that I'm really not uh, benefiting from the uh, from the unit itself. Uh, it, can I exist that way, or do I have to go go about and change all that?
3: Well, yeah. I, I was I mean, just going to say it sounds like um, the the biggest problem is the efficiency, um, not that it's. I mean, sometimes if you're restricting it too much, you're putting a little extra effort on the motor, the blower, and all of that. But you uh-huh. said it's been going for four years? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, we uh, have a debate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, and we, and off-air, we, yeah, off we were having a whole conversation about, you know, as many ways to do things. Yes. Um, so what I... I, I what I would recommend is I would get a, another opinion, right, uh, have somebody else come out and take mm-hmm. a look. That way, you, you know, you now you've got three different opinions. My concern would be that if you're not having enough airflow through your furnace, that you could increase the risk of uh, overheating the heat exchangers because mm-hmm. there's not enough air flowing through it. Um, so once you reach over, uh, a certain amount, I don't remember if it's on, if it's on the uh, air conditioning side or the heating side, but once you reach over a certain amount of, um, BTUs, uh, you have to have enough airflow through there to get the, uh, to get to that level of airflow. And I just had it in my house. Uh, I had a furnace that was undersized. And then when they replaced it, we had to do just all of that. We had to raise it up off the ground and provide more airflow, not only from the side, but also from the bottom to be able to get enough right, airflow. Right, that's what they're suggesting. Yeah, yeah. So I would get a third opinion because there's a calculation that's done in there, and um, my, maybe my HVAC guy is listening, and he can uh, he can tell me which one it is. Um, but once you hit over a certain number, it has to have airflow from... Two different places on the furnace, um, so I would uh, get another opinion, have them look at it, and and then and then make a decision. But 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 your guy may be right because um, there is there is some math to this, uh, and so so like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount it. Just say eh, it's been this way for four years, because you might end up shortening the life of your furnace by not having the proper airflow.
3: That's what I was going yeah. with, but I didn't think about the heat exchanger. So yeah. you're probably right there. Yeah. So I'm going to concede yes Gentlemen, this is one time you jim so got it right okay <laughs> rich thanks
0: so much for the call
3: and i appreciate
0: uh, it thank you so much
3: yeah
1: absolutely uh we're broadcasting live from the Seal foundation repair studio high above a wacker drive here in the greatest city of the world chicago illinois here's a here's something for the gentleman that had stains on his pavers this is from 630 so let me know what you guys think of this idea pull them up turn them over and replace them in the same spot Pavers are usually placed on sand. Some places reseat them every few years. You may need a little fresh sand to
2: sweep between them, but not all pavers are directional. Yeah, they're not, you all, not mean, all. You could pull it up. Not all of yeah. them.
3: You can flip though.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You could definitely pull it up, and then he would know whether or not he could turn it over because yeah. yeah, not all of them are. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad. idea. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're going to replace them, then that's clearly the the well, I would the easiest fix, but but it'll fix the problem. Yes.
1: Alright, six three O is saying cedar siding on the north side of the house is deteriorating. Woodpeckers have been at it too. Who would be able to help me with that?
2: Replacing the siding or getting rid of the woodpecker or how about both? Well, yeah. the,
3: the woodpeckers <laughs> are there because there's food in that siding. Well oh, that's not If good. the if the siding is if they didn't keep it sealed or painted and it's taking in moisture, they probably have carpenter ants. And the woodpeckers are going after the carpenter ants. That's what they do. So they may have two problems. So they need to get the siding repaired and dried out and get rid of the ants, and then they shouldn't have the woodpecker problem. So, But it doesn't matter what side of the house it's on? I mean, did you
1: specify north side, or do you think it matters?
3: It would be more if it's shaded or not. You know, if it's getting sun and the sun's keeping the siding dry, if it's shaded and it's always moist, you're going to have more of an issue with ants than you would if it were dry. Ants like wood, and they like moisture. So if you've got both of those, you're going to have ants. Woodpeckers like ants, so they're going to go for that. When they're pounding on your house, they're... Digging into those cells that the ants are traveling through in the wood. and So it's really just,
1: an ant problem, not a woodpecker problem. Yeah, then.
3: yeah. And, and would you have to replace the whole thing, or, would
1: you, or can you replace certain...
3: You can replace sections? certain boards, but you got to see what's causing the problem with the moisture. Is it because they haven't protected the wood on a regular basis, or is there a water problem, something leaking in the house that's getting out to the side? It could be a lot of things, but that's it's a cause and effect so all right uh, so 630 hopefully we uh, got that
1: uh, question answered for you uh, again our number 312-981-7200 you can call or text your questions in and uh, we will get you an answer the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine newsroom
7: more for a long,
1: long time Road's well, welcome back. It's 910-720-WGN. My, nine, ten, 720 WGN. Don't my don't name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Manfredini uh, today. Want to take your phone calls? You can call or text, actually, 312-981-7200. This 9 o'clock hour is sponsored by Dykstra's Home Services. We're, of course, uh, live from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. Above Wacker Drive, high above Wacker Drive on this beautiful Saturday morning here in Chicago, Illinois. With me uh, are Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry. And I want to just go back uh, on a question that we got earlier from 630. Uh, it was about cedar siding and woodpeckers. And he wrote back in to say, we didn't tell him who could help regarding the cedar siding, but we can.
3: Uh, are You, you want <clears throat> to... Want to contact narychicago.org. Okay, because I said that wrong earlier. I just said nary.org. That's the whole national. But if you're in the Chicago area, do uh, narychicago.org. Yep, that's right. And they can help you.
1: There we go. Hopefully uh, that did the trick for you there, 630. Uh, Next on the phones, we have Wendy, who has a condo. Next we have uh, on the phone lines uh, is Wendy. She has a condo and water on the first floor, and she wants to know where that could be coming from. Welcome to Smart radio, Wendy.
11: Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I have, it's a two-story condo building, and when it rains too hard, the gutters overflow, they hit the deck above, and then they come in the back wall of the first floor. We have two sliding glass doors kind of six feet apart
7: Mm -hmm.
11: as the back wall. And the rain used to come in above the door or down the door, but now it's coming in clear across the wall.
3: Well, that sounds like there's either – the unit above you, is it the same? It has sliding glass doors right there? Yes. Okay.
11: Yes, exactly Um, the same. And a deck.
3: Yeah, it sounds like either flashing or caulking around that door. Um, there's the, always a possibility if the the deck is pulling away from the building a little bit. Uh, I don't know how mm. it's it's attached.
11: It, it comes. The uh, boards come right out of the building to the deck. Okay, they're part of the ceiling and part of the
3: gotcha. floor. Gotcha. They cantilever the out, so your ceiling joists yeah. make their deck. Yes. Yeah okay um well it, it sounds like there's you know something' starting to fail there, whether it's a flashing right. around the door or a caulking yeah.
11: but it's coming in clear across the room, all along the ceiling
3: well that, uh, no. again, because yeah. if it's uh, if it's coming in underneath the sliding glass door and getting in there, it's getting into that void space. Between right. your floors and traveling mm-hmm. along your ceiling, it's going to go to wherever the lowest point of that ceiling right. is and collect. Right. So,
11: yeah, I, I've started with repl- trying to get the gutters replaced,
3: mm-hmm. thinking
11: that would help if they didn't overflow onto the deck above me. Yeah, but uh, so I'm starting there. But I'm wondering, after all that expense, if I'm still going to have problems in a heavy rain if I need to. And there was thought of caulking the top of the the top floor deck uh, at at the building. Mm-hmm. There looks like very little room, um, and the top floor deck sliding glass doors have had some water issues
10: themselves
3: okay. over the years. Yeah, well, you uh, know, the, the gutter could could help, but. Even if the gutter is overflowing and hitting the deck, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be any different than a good strong rain. So not not saying that the gutters may be undersized or not, but it sounds like it's more of an issue, either the flashing or the caulking around those doors above yours. Okay.
11: The doors above me flashing. Okay.
3: So they've got water
11: damage. It's obvious that I'm going to have. Yeah. Which I do have Yeah, restore. because
3: if it was caulking on your windows, your sliding glass doors, it most likely wouldn't be going into the ceiling of your room. It would be coming straight down on the inside yeah. of your doors. Right, um, which because... is what it
11: started as. But then it's this last spring rains we've had have come all the way in across the wall.
3: Yeah. So. I, I guess it, it, it's hard to say without seeing. I apologize, but yeah. my guess would be oh, no. to Thank start you. with the flashing and the caulking on the door above yours. That's that's where I would start.
11: Flashing and the caulking, and that yeah. stuff is clear around the door and above the door.
3: Yes, yes. Okay. All right. And, and Jim's and, nodding yeah, in his head. Do you want to add lighting. anything?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, and and also caulking around the uh, where the joists come out.
3: True. If you can get if to, I to I those, do you, get the, to. do you see the do you see the joists from the outside? When you step out should, into your...
11: I should be able to, but what has happened in these buildings is because the decking upstairs just is wood decking runs long ways. In order to make your uh, first floor deck any fun, people have put under deck covers. Yeah. So yeah. we've nailed stuff up to the decks.
3: Gotcha. Yeah.
2: But I wonder if that could be... And, yeah, that's a possibility if, too. If the yeah. water's and running there's... back towards the building, uh, right. coming through the deck.
11: I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This particular problem has gone on since they put the uh, decking up, the under decking up, and taken it down and put it back up three different times, putting flashing under their deck and everything else okay the upstairs deck yeah so i just i didn't know if i should you know start with replacing the gutters or start with someone else who could tell me where that water is
3: coming like, from like i said if it were me i would start with that because that's the simplest and yeah. most cost effective and if that doesn't okay. do it then you're gonna have to start digging a little deeper yeah, yeah i
2: think it's process of elimination yeah
11: yeah right all right
2: okay hey thanks Thank
11: so much for the call much.
1: kathy Thank you.
11: Have a Thank wonderful
2: you're... day. Speaking of cock, here Thank
1: is uh, 630s fine. asking, how best to cock over, in parentheses, replace silicon cock? Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Usually, you cut it out uh, with a razor knife uh, and then reapply. So yeah, you remove it with both, I use both a straight edge and a, a utility knife yeah. to remove the old silicone. It's never a good idea to caulk over existing caulk, um, but remove it first and then, and then, uh, and then install new.
3: Yeah. Ca- putting caulk over caulk you're bonding to the, the caulk that's not bonding. So it's not going to do you any good. So you got to start over.
1: All right. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. Um, we have Kathy. Uh, who has some leaking again. Hi, Kathy.
11: Hi there. How are you?
1: Great. How are you doing this Saturday?
11: I'm very good. So um, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I live in a house, townhouse that's about 45 years old. So I try to be very careful when I change something so I don't make it a bigger problem than what it started to be. (laughs) But when I go uh, to water my outside front of the house plants and put a hose on the spigot, I have to go inside and turn the um, the water lever to go on, mm-hmm. and that drips very heavily. I mean, I have to actually put a, um, a little bucket under there. Mm. How can I fix that without major...
3: It sounds like it's a, a gate valve that you're talking about. You have to... It's like a little round handle. You got to turn it a few times to open and close it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first thing I would try, it's simplest, is right underneath that handle, there's like a nut. There's the stem comes out and there's the handle on that. Take a wrench and just slowly tighten that that nut a little bit there's there's what they call packing in there that uh keeps the water from dripping out and opening and closing that valve a few times sometimes that nut gets a little loose so if you just tighten it a little bit and see if it'll stop the water from coming out if if you do that and it doesn't you might have to replace that gate valve
1: got it all right well thanks very much i'll do it okay hey kathy thanks so much for calling stay stay on the line here we uh we want to give you a gift how's that sound Oh, wonderful. Again, somebody gets a gift and we don't. Why would this, there's something <laughs> wrong could, with this. We could probably We're dig up a work. few <laughs> T-shirts for you guys. Maybe a coffee mug. I don't know.
7: Oh, <laughs> uh, how, about, Kathy, how, about this,
1: how about this, Kathy? How about a $100 gift card from oh, the man. Barbecue Authority in Lyle? How's that sound? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, if anybody else wants to check it out or maybe oh, uh, just get you. to know you a little bit, visit bbqauthority.com to shop and learn more. Kathy, thanks so much for calling. Stay on the line. We're going to get all your information to make sure you get that gift card.
3: I'm talking to All Stu. right,
9: thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Kathy.
3: Lou, Lou you got to do something about this because this, this isn't right. We're working here. I, I mean I could I could just tell you you won it. Would
1: that make you feel oh, better? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Everybody will say, "Hey, you got stuff I heard. Congratulations, <laughs> Mike. You just got a $100 yeah. gift card for a barbecue." Yeah.
2: It's in the mail.
7: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we'll try to get your information after the show, so don't yeah, leave. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> All right, more House Smart right here on 720 WGN coming up after the break. Welcome back to 720 WGN Radio. It is 923. My name is Eric Rung. Uh, this is How Smart Radio with Lou Manfredini. I am filling in. For Lou today, who is uh, in New York watching his son get married today. So uh, big congratulations out to uh, everyone involved in that. Uh, with me in studio, Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry, both certified remodelers. We're taking your questions either on the phone or on text at number 312-981-7200. We're we'll trying to get to as many as we can here. We have Nick on the phone. He has a question about ring doorbells. Hi, Nick. How are you? Doing well. How are you this fine Saturday?
10: Fine, fine. We had the windows open tonight. Good. Um, <laughs> Beautiful day for that. Yeah. the, uh, the uh, I put a ring doorbell on, and when I was putting it on, you wire it up to the electricity, and the old doorbell wire was frayed, and, and it was too old, so it kind of fell in. I can't get it out behind the wood molding. So oh. I went to the basement and traced it, and I went to pull it down. And it won't pull down. It must have been wrapped around something when they were putting it in. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to get the wire out and the new one in.
2: Um, Go ahead, Jim. Uh, You might try. I mean, I think the easiest way is probably going to be to uh, remove the casing on the inside next to the door. Uh, That should give you access there between the door jam and the framing and uh, with a... Long drill bit. You should be able to run a new wire that way through there. But they also make yeah. them battery operated. If if that's easier for you, that's what I have. I, I have
10: the battery one. Yeah, I have the battery, and it lasts about three and a half months. Yeah. Battery. Yeah, but I wanted to hook the other one. Okay, that'll work. Um, yeah, see, it's a molding about a three inch wide molding that goes around.
2: Yep. Yeah. You know, window. You only have to is... pull it on the one side. Okay, Just on there. the side where. One the... more question. Yeah.
10: One more question. How do you get super glue? Off the
2: countertop.
3: Acetone. It's a, it's, it's what a, kind of countertop is it? Um, cambria. Oh.
2: Um, uh, yeah. No, that should be fine. That, quartz. That's, uh, quartz. quartz, yeah. yeah.
3: Quartz, you're okay. Solid surface, you can't use acetone.
2: Use a uh, a flat edge razor blade, like the old school razor blades, yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, a little acetone, and uh, and a, it'll and scrape it off.
3: Yeah, try to get the bulk of it off before the acetone, because you don't want to have the product yeah. on there too long. But yeah, yeah. you can do that. It's but only about a two inch square spot, so yeah. D- Be okay. Do not use acetone on solid surface. So people, you know, on uh, any kind of solid surface product, because it'll eat it up. Great.
2: So, not the quarts. Okay. Okay. Quarts are okay. Yeah, quartz. solid,
3: Solid surface.
2: Yeah, like corian. Like corian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not on corian for sure. Or fiberglass.
10: To take a, a drill and enlarge the hole where the wire is.
3: Yeah, if you got, uh, uh, like, a, you can get, like, 18-inch drill bits or even if you have oh. one of those kind that's a little flexible head because uh, you're yeah. going to be drilling from the inside kind of going out. So you, you want to try to keep it going as straight down as you can. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because if you're drilling yeah, yeah, yeah. on an angle, you're going to go outside. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's for sure.
3: All right, thanks for your help. It, yep. It'll work. Then All I right, think, Nick, yeah, thanks so yeah, much for for, week, for calling. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, what you. what's that goo off stuff uh, that uh, I've used? Goof that off, before. yeah, but that doesn't work on on super glue or crazy glue. Oh, well, Okay, it, it's not strong enough. What about? Well, I would use. It works on a polish. lot. Of, goof off's really good for a lot of products. But it won't work on that.
2: I think Goof Off is like a combination of a bunch of different solvents, like pre, you know, packaged up in one little convenient small can, right? I mean, I do think it does have some acetone in it. I think it's got some oils in it. I think it's got a bunch of different stuff in it where, like, I can tell you for sure when guys are installing quartz, uh, which we do often, those guys just use the straight up, you know, Acetone or, you know, the different cleaners, uh, that are, that are made that aren't like pre-mixed with other stuff, right? So acetone is really good for removing solvents like silicone or other oils that are on the quartz when they install it. And, um, it's fast drying. Um, but it has a pretty strong smell that some people might not like. Uh, and you have to buy quite a bit of it. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a very effective cleaner.
1: Yeah, the, the other thing that I always, especially when I'd get it on my fingers, was the uh, fingernail polish remover. Which is acetone-based.
7: Okay.
3: <laughs> that's what I thought.
1: <laughs> that's why you guys are here. Keep it real. That's why
3: the women should not be doing their nails over a solid surface ca- countertop. Because they can, if they spill it, it's going to affect the the product. Yep
1: yeah i um <laughs> I had this project speaking of projects uh, i didn 't even need YouTube for this, but I, I I like a you know for my wallet i don 't have one that I put in my back pocket. I like it like a money clip in my front pocket. so I got this great wallet i 'm showing it to them now for yeah. everyone uh, listening at hope and it 's got two pockets for my license credit cards and stuff like that, but it didn 't have the money clip. so what I did was I found a cheap one that did have a money clip. And I cut the money clip off, and then I just super glued it onto the back <laughs> of this wallet. But I did get super glue all over our countertops. <laughs> I actually went up to my wife after I did this, and I said... Uh, because you grab your wallet and it's stuck to the <laughs> countertop. Right? I, well, I, I put way too much on. You can see it, you know, how it overflowed there. Yes. But I, I went up to my wife and I'm like, uh, Steph, I think I made a big mistake. <laughs> and she she went downstairs and saw what I had done and she just started laughing. But yeah. it's worked. I've had it for more than a she year. She must
3: love you if she just started laughing.
1: You know, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for a Check of the News with Dave Schwan. It is 9.36 on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Chicago, Illinois. This is 720 WGN House Smarts Radio. We are live from the seal Foundation Repair Studio. Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creatives Carpentry is in studio here with us to help answer your questions. Uh, let's go to the phone lines now. We have Dave who has a question about uh, screened-in porch and tips for that. Hi, Dave. Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you this fine Saturday?
6: Good. I'd like to get a uh, screened-in porch added to the back of my house. I've done a little research online looking for tips and or any vendors or what type of person I should look to have this work done.
2: Um, There's companies that specifically do screen porches. I'm trying to think of the name of the place. Where do you live? Uh, Naperville. Okay. Yeah, there's a place out by you that I've used – Let's see if I can look up the name. Um, are you looking for full screens? Uh, like 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 a true screened in porch or more like a three seasons porch? Um
6: I'd say a full screened, a full screen, yeah. Like I, I want it to be like, you know, permanently attached to the house, you know, almost like a room that can be closed off in the wintertime. I don't need it for uh, gotcha. the winter. I'm not looking to put heating and H V A C or anything in there
2: either. Okay. The only reason I ask is have you ever had a screen porch before? I have not. So one of the things that you get when you get a screen porch is, you know, screens do a great job of keeping out bugs and all that kind of stuff, but pollen and dust from outside continues to come in, and... um So we've done a lot of conversions where we convert a true screen porch into uh, a room that uh, actually has uh, a type of window. Not regular windows, um, but we've used uh, vinyl windows, which are a little bit less expensive. So you can close it up when you're not using it so it doesn't become such a chore when you want to use it as a screen porch. You just open up all the windows, and uh, they're a four-track window, so you get 75% of the screens open up so that's why i was uh asking um i'll look up the name of the place uh, i've used before uh out in your area and if you keep listening i'll uh, i'll mention the place on the on the radio
6: okay one last question i would it. have is um obviously if i did a screened in porch i've got to winterize it i would assume these companies offer solutions for that whether it's just as simple as boarding up the windows or i guess that this vinyl option you're mentioning
2: yeah that's why i like uh, the uh so uh if This isn't the name of the company that, that I'm going to recommend for the, for, for doing the build out, but the windows that I've used in the past, uh, are by a brand called Easy Breeze, E-Z-E-B-R-E-E-Z-E, and it's a vinyl four track window. Think of like uh, uh, an outdoor tent, like if you go to a tent event, like at a wedding or something like that, the vinyl windows that they have in there. It's ki- it's like that same kind of material, um, easy to clean, easy to take care of. The, uh, the windows are aluminum, so they're uh, super easy to maintain, but they have a full screen on the outside, and then it's a vinyl four-track window that goes on the inside, and you wouldn't need to do anything as far as winterizing. You just close up the windows, and you're done. Um, so it's, like I said, it's, to me, it's the best of both worlds. You get screens when you want screens, but if it's a little bit cooler outside and you want to still be outside, you can open the windows 50%, you know, or, or only open two of the windows. Uh, so to me, it's kind of the best of both worlds.
1: All right, Dave, thanks so much for calling. Really appreciate it.
2: All righty. Bye-bye. Have a great Saturday. Yep, I'll look up the name here shortly. Can I make a quick program correction as well? Absolutely, uh, <laughs> by all means. Uh, my granite guy, uh, my quartz guy uh, from Gebauer in Westmont is saying you cannot use acetone on quartz. Uh, he said, and again, that's my mistake, so I want to make sure I correct that. Um, he said you can use mineral spirits or you can use denatured alcohol, but you cannot use acetone on quartz. So a quick programming note on that. All right. Well, if we or nothing else, we are honest. Yes. When we make yes. mistakes,
1: <laughs> yes. we will let you know. Yes,
2: and thanks for listening.
3: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and your guy just pointed the finger
7: at you. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> like.
1: Any other mistakes that we have made along the way, please uh, go ahead and call or text it at 312-981-7200. We'd really like to answer your questions, and uh, you know you're going to get a, an honest answer. That's for sure. Um, here's something else about uh, cleaning uh, a stain. This is uh, from 708. Any suggestions for cleaning an old stained tub surround, getting the stain off? I'm assuming there's a word in there that shouldn't be, but
3: getting a stain off of a tub, I believe, is an old tub. Well, it's most likely going to be mineral deposits. Uh, Depending on the products, I would look at uh, using uh, uh, CLR. Try that. Uh, because if it's iron or something like that, that's staining it, what you may have to do, depending on where it's at in the surface, excuse me, <clears throat> soak a towel or a rag and let it sit on there so that that CLR will sit on the stain longer and won't evaporate off. Uh, but that's probably what I would try.
2: Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Barkeeper's Friend also. Um, they make that in, you know, like a powder, like the old Ajax uh kind of stuff that's not, fairly,
3: as, not as aggressive yeah no.
2: it, it, that that one's fairly abrasive but they also make a liquid version so uh if you've not tried Barkeeper's around you can try that as well mm. you may need both uh.
1: all right uh 815 asks
3: oh we, we were talking about uh ants here how to get rid of carpenter ants
2: mike is a carpenter ant specialist
3: <laughs> that's right i have many carpenter ants on staff no uh, <laughs> the uh the main thing is wooden water that's what they like so You can't get rid of the wood. You got to get rid of the water. Usually it's a leaky pipe or a buildup of condensation or or something. But that's the biggest thing. You know, you can put out ant traps and all that. That'll kill the ants, but they'll keep coming back if you keep their sources there. So find the location where the water's coming and and stop it. Then you'll get rid of them. All right, Patty, uh, back to the phone
1: lines here. Uh, has a question about garage windows. Hi, Patty. Welcome to House Smarts Radio.
11: Thank you. Um, I have two utility windows in my garage that have, I don't know, over the years that, um, well, the house is really old. I don't think they've ever been replaced. And they're separating from the side, you know, the sides of the um, garage, the, the wall of the garage. And I've been to Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards. Nobody has utility windows your can you recommend anything that um, I, I might be able to purchase that someone could put in for me
2: maybe I'm trying to follow along with you when you say utility window like what uh, what specifically makes it different than a regular window like does it not well, open is it just glass
11: well no it does open from the bottom only but there's no screen um, they don't look like they're I don't I, you wouldn't put these windows in a home in a house Are they wood? Yes, they were
2: wood. They are wood. They are
7: wood.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is it a single pane? Like, uh, is it just one? Yes. Okay. And if you look from the outside, is there like a putty that holds the glass into the wood frame?
11: You know, I don't know.
2: I'm wondering if you can just go to the hardware store and get a new pane of glass cut. That you can insert into your existing wood window, as opposed to you know trying to replace the whole window. But, but isn't the window bad itself? Did you say it's rotting? Is the sash bad?
11: Well, the the um, I can't. I don't know if it's the garage that's separating from the window, but there's a t- tiny little you know you can see a little bit of air there on the on one of the edges of the
3: window. The window and when I when you say the window though, we're we're trying to determine. Think of just the glass, where okay. the glass touches wood. Is that where it's opening up, or is it where the wood is touching the, the garage wall? But where the
11: wood is touching the garage okay. wall.
3: Okay, well, yeah, things have shifted. I don't know why you couldn't simply put in a vinyl window. That's what I would do. Okay. They, they'll make okay. them to size at a reasonable price. Uh, you can get a single-hung um I, I don't yeah, I don't know I if you can get single pane glass anymore, but right. um, it still would be the most cost effective. And just about any handyman should be able to put it in that window.
9: Okay. And do you,
11: when I, do they order, uh, can you buy those at a um, big box store?
3: Yeah, Menard so all sells, of- all of them sell them. You have to give them okay. what they call United Inches. So that's going to be how many inches wide by how many inches tall, and give them some specs, and they can order them. Mm hmm.
11: Oh, great. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. when, when I inquired, um, they said, no, you you need to have, we need to come out and measure, and, you know, you can't, we can't
4: order on your
3: measurement. Well, some, some may say that if you're not. Give him the right information. Uh, they don't want to be I would
11: have the handyman do
3: it. You yeah, know? I, that's <laughs> what I, I would do. do is I would just call a guy who can replace it. And let him do the measuring because he's going to put it in.
2: Yeah, and he'll take the risk of if he's yeah. off on the measurements. It's yeah. his yeah. issue, not yours.
11: Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I thank appreciate you.
1: it. All right, Patty. Thanks, thanks. Uh, for your phone call. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. This is seven twenty WGN House Smart Radio. My name is Eric Rung. More of your questions answered after the break. Oh, baby, baby, Cat hey, Stevens. I haven't heard. Uh, I don't, I can't remember his new name, but uh, I haven't heard Cat Stevens in a long time. Great tune. Welcome back to House Smart Radio. My name is Eric Rung, filling in for Lou Ferdini. This is seven twenty WGN nine fifty. Lou's last call is sponsored by Comed. It's powering lives. So uh, we've been getting a lot of text in, a lot of phone calls in. Uh, 312-981-7200. You can call or text your questions in. Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises is here. Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry is here to answer those questions. I can do my best to nod my head when they're telling you exactly what you should be doing uh, while this is going on. Um, so here's a question that we had um, of that was texted in. Uh, from 414, a question about how to clean the grout in a marble-tiled
3: shower. It's yellow with soap residue. I'm going to go with that seal. LR again because that's basically what the problem is. Um, and once you get that clean, then make sure you seal all of that. So you use a, a stone and grout sealer, and that'll help control that problem down the road. All right.
1: Uh, let's go back to the phones. We have Larry he has a question about uh, doorbells.
10: Hi, Larry. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Yes, uh, I have uh, a very old-fashioned <clears throat> old doorbell, you know, no camera or anything. And uh, a while back, uh, someone had pushed it in and broken the button. So I uh, replaced it with a new one. And incidentally, very hard to find the old-fashioned kind. Um and I still didn't get a ring. It didn't work, and I replaced it with another new one. So I'm just wondering what the problem is and what I can do. As I have no working doorbell now.
3: Well, if the fact that you put on a second one, it didn't work, tells me it's it's not the doorbell. But if you would have taken those two wires and touched them together, your doorbell should ring. Um, if not. Maybe what ended up is when that button got pushed in, it shorted out, and and you lost either your bell solenoid or your transformer. So you'd need to kind of meter out and see what's working and what's not. Jim's looking with a, no. a stiff brow. No, oh, he's no, no, he's no, that's something right. else. That is, <laughs> okay. that is absolutely um, right. But most likely, that's what it ended up happening because when they pushed that in, it just fried out something.
10: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not good with the uh, the electrical stuff, so I should just get a handyman, huh?
3: Yeah. Um. You need somebody with a meter can at least meter that out and tell you where there's voltage and where there isn't. So, or, or you could just put a sign on your door and just Please say knock. knock. <laughs> <Yes, yeah.
6: laughs>
2: Doorbell. That's really hard. Yes. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yes.
2: So, um, or but, you can switch to battery operated. I yeah. Mean, that would be the. Uh, the only other. Option. Oh
10: it, yeah, I heard you mention it with the previous uh, doorbell caller. Uh, are do they sell ones that uh, are battery operated?
2: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Both with cameras or 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 the old just school just regular, push button. Yeah,
3: no bells and whistles, you know, that, just I, the yeah, bell. Yeah.
10: <laughs> the where do you suggest I, I uh, what stores might carry that?
2: Oh, I'm sure well, all, uh, the, box yeah, all the box stores carry. Them Ace Hardware sure.
3: carries yeah. them. They all do. Are they pretty oh, easy to okay. install too? Yeah. The
2: battery operator? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like buying a cordless phone. I mean, yeah. you get a, you, you get put a... the
3: the bell unit in your yep. hallway or wherever, and the doorbell button on the front door, and you're done.
2: Yep. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you
10: very much.
3: All right. Yep. All easy. right.
1: Thanks so much, Larry. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Uh, do we have any more texts? We got a few more minutes here on House Smart's Radio to. Uh, Take a question. You, do we have another uh, correction?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> another programming note. <laughs> this one's brought to you by. We, should uh, we save about
1: the last five minutes of the show for uh, all the yeah. corrections?
2: Fix <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all, the, all the repairs that we messed up on. Um, the, uh, uh, for the caller that called in, I've been looking on my phone. I don't have a contact, but I know Architect uh, does screen and porches as well. So I would probably start with them. Um, and yeah, I think that. Uh that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. All right. Uh no we still
7: got
1: one uh one prize to give away here. Uh if you want to give I'll us I'll take a- it. Mike's got his hand up. Mike, Mike, you Sing, get it ding, first. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Three room carpet cleaning from Executive Green Carpet Cleaning, providing a level of clean that no one else in the area can deliver. see, I could use that.
3: Yeah,
7: yeah. Well,
3: I only got three calls. I mean, I'm going to run out of the phone. studio and I'm going to call <laughs> but you, you got guys. A cell okay, phone, and right? make sure you take my my <laughs> call.
7: <laughs> oh,
1: there we got a couple of calls. <laughs> I see him coming in as we speak. <laughs> so that worked
3: out pretty well. Him, you know, I just can't win. You can, not today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see it's being print- well, While we're waiting, everybody, make sure you're checking those sump pumps that they're working properly because of the rainy seasons we got here. Uh, do a little test on them. Make sure the battery backup system is working. And clear your gutter downspouts. Get all that away from the house. And, all and, good and,
2: tips. And out of the gutters. And uh, out yeah. out of the gutters. All the seeds falling right now. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, let's go to our winner. It is Lisa. Lisa, welcome to House Smarts Radio. How are you?
9: Good, thank
1: you. And you got uh, three rooms of need to uh... get to win.
9: <laughs> she gets to wake up. We're
1: running outside. <laughs> okay. But if she has a question, please, by all means, ask. <laughs>
11: No, I have no question. I just called in. I've been
1: listening all day. Oh, well, thank you. We do appreciate that. Well, you do get three-room carpet cleaning from Executive Green Carpet Cleaning, providing a level of clean that no one else in the area can deliver. Do you got three rooms that need a cleaning?
11: I definitely do. I have three dogs, so I'm always in need of a
1: good cleaning. (laughs) Well, they'll have their work cut out for them. (laughs) No, <laughs> so. no. All right, okay. Lisa. Thanks so much for listening all morning long. Even if you didn't have a question, we do appreciate that. That's for sure.
7: Thank
11: you so much.
1: All right. Uh, hang on the line. We're going to get your information. Uh, my big thanks to Jim Sullivan with Tate Enterprises and Mike Holmes with Creative Carpentry for helping me get through these four hours. I couldn't have done it without you. Uh, I, I have to say I have learned a lot uh, just in these past four hours as well. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. And I learned I, know that... I can't win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you... I know you have to go home and get some work done. I was, you got to clear, you got to check that drain. I the know. Washer. I got a
1: lot to do under <laughs> yeah. the under the washing machine there. Yeah. So, gentlemen, thanks again. Thank thanks, to everybody. that. Listen, this is 720 WGN.